22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Why can we never do a podcast outside? It's so beautiful. We need to go I was outside. about that earlier, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if you can somehow figure out a way to cancel out all the ambient noises. Yeah, it's very easy. You just turn around to the people and go, shh. <laughs> And sure. That's they how polite like people do it. Because when a black person turns around and tells you, shh, you shh. <laughs> and then I turn back around and go, can you spell that? <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. Today, we are big time episode 30. Wow, 30, 30 episodes. Yeah. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, here with MFG, Mike the Finance Guy. And how can this be? For he is the Quizak Harak. What's that? That's from Dune. Wait. D- oh, Dune. Dune. Oh, that's why I don't know. Nobody fucking Dune. watches Dune. No one should ever watch <laughs> Dune again. Yeah. When it came out originally, I remember it was a big deal and it was kind of okay. It was because it was different. Right. I can't make it through, I think, any 15 minutes of a time before I fall asleep by that movie. I remember when I was a kid, I'd watch Dune and WPIX would be on. It'd be, it would be on, sorry, it would be on WPIX Channel 11 here in New York. And it's such a long movie. And then with commercials. Yeah. So it was like a, a three-hour movie made into like a six-hour movie. Like, oh my god, when does this movie end? <laughs> Which is how Ralph feels about me doing this intro. <laughs> and also to introduce my other co-host, RT Square Ralph the Tech. What are you doing here, Flynn? What? End of line. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Tron, come on. I never seen Tron. And what? I, ne- I never will watch Tron. No. Ever. ever. Really? No. No. You, you Wait, so you that. watch Doom, but you don't watch Tron? You guys both suck. Yeah. No, I will never watch Tron. That is not a movie you ever want to watch. Seriously. Go ahead. Well, you haven't watched it. Go ahead and start watching okay, it. Okay. We'll I'll see. watch it. <laughs> we'll see how I'll, that goes. I'll watch it. And not the remake. We're no, no, no. The, no, the, the, original, the original. The original. But my favorite thing about Tron when it originally came out, though, was that uh, even like the, the, the in, into the new year afterwards, uh, you know, everyone was like, you know, the because the, the, um, the CGI or I don't even know if it would have been truly CGI at that point. It was you know, like nothing else, and it was pretty much state of the art at that time. And you know, they're like, "There'll never be anything ever again created better than this." And it's like, "Yeah, you shouldn't make that statement." <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's like what Gigi has a problem with in wrestling. They talked about when John Cena wrestled The Rock, um, once in a lifetime, never to happen again, only to happen the next WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's just pretty bad. And she was mad because that, those, that's the one we had tickets for. But like, really, twice in a lifetime, we have tickets for twice in a lifetime. <laughs> Before we even get to the quick news, which I can't wait to hear what's going on, I just wanted to give a couple of shout-outs. Definitely wanted to give a shout-out to my my co-host, MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, and RT Square for putting together, for doing so much extra work during the um, the Meanwhile 22 Hero Madness tournament. MFG, funny and creative sponsors. What the hell? I can't even repeat some of the sponsors to my friends because they're going to be like, wow, you're what the? <laughs> but they're funny as hell. So shout out, Mike. You did a fantastic job on those sponsors. Definitely added a little kick to the, tor- to the tournament. So you're saying in their heads this is what they're thinking? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I go through life um, throughout the rest of the week and I'm waiting for bells to go off when people talk. <laughs> That's weird. And I wanted to give you, RT Square, a shout out for putting together all those, the great sound effects, the appropriate sound effects for um, the battle through the tournament, except for the cats. Yeah, oh, that was. I was, I was talking to the cat because I, I finally listened to the podcast on like a Wednesday, Thursday, and I'm like, so I'm going, yeah, look at that. You know, all the lions and tigers and panthers are out there. 
Meow. Meow. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> if it didn't, I guess, Lion, Tiger, and Panther were the name of those cats <laughs> that were attacking. But other, but other than that, Ralph, I want to say fantastic job on the, on the sound. I mean, I really felt like it really... It, so wait, Mike doesn't get a yay? No, but 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 I think <laughs> but I think speaking uh, for both of us, I, talk is cheap. What are we getting out of this? Money? That's right. Where's my check? You, you know, get my you I get my admiration and respect. Fuck that. That's enough. <laughs> That's like getting admiration. You can't go to the bank with admiration and respect. That's you like, can't go to the bank with a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Shotgun. <laughs> Especially Bomb in this podcast. To my chest. <laughs> I, I went to the bank with a, uh, some C4 the other day, and they gave me like 600 bucks. So. Yeah, <laughs> only 600 bucks? What kind of cheap-ass bank did you go to? <laughs> it was the, the municipal bank. Ah, there you go. A couple of more shout-outs before we begin. Want to give Kev a shout-out for hanging in there for the podcast. Now the, tor- the tournament's over. He's like, oh, good. Now I can fucking listen to the podcast and not skip the second half. That's Bullshit. <laughs> so Kevin will be happy to know the tournament's over, so he's happy to get to regular podcasting. Shout out to my cousin Abel. I know he wanted to be on the podcast this week, but I know with everything with the family, he hasn't been able to come down. So hopefully, Abel, next time you come down, you'll be able to join us, hang out, have some good times. And final shout out to my boys over at For Life Wrestling Podcast over on um, the iTunes Network. So if you get a chance, For Life, One Five Life Podcast. Um, my boys. You mean one um, V? One V. Thank you. Did I say one five? Yes. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I see it in my head. That's why one V podcast. Shout out to my boy Ronnie Baj and um, Cheyenne over there. So you know they shouted us out. Wanted to give a shout out return. Check them out. They they they're pretty good. Now that I'm done rambling, maybe we should get with some quick news. And now the quick news with Michael Finance Guy. And Ralph and Kat. Oh, I'm sorry. Is he done? <laughs> oh, you're you, oh, you done with your old man nap? <laughs> it's okay, Mike. Me and Ralph can hold it down. <laughs> you know, after you, Ralph after and I after use you, proper grammar. Please. You talking about proper grammar? Let's went, not talk about the times you misspelled things on the web. Anyway, Mike, go he ahead. Went, he went to New York schools there, Ralph. So, you know, we, we don't expect much better. So did he. <laughs> Yes, but I was above average intelligence. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but when you realize what the average intelligence is in New York. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyway. so, so what's going on with the what's going on with the quick news? All right. I with glee cannot wait to read this one here. Go right ahead. Nightwing will die. Yeah. I mean yeah, what? Yeah, that's right. But Dick Grayson will be alive and well in the upcoming monthly comic featuring the original Robin as a mask free secret agent. July will bring us the writing talents of Tim Steele and Tom King, as well as artist Michael uh, Jenning, for the inaugural issue of Grayson. With Dick Grayson presumed dead following the events of Forever Evil, spoiler, the younger half of the dynamic duo takes an undercover position at the spy agency. Well, what do you think a spy agency would be called? Spiral. Uh, Fuck. <laughs> Spiral? S P Y R A L. Oh, my Spiral. God. Uh, which is a product of Batman Incorporated. Why the sudden job change? Well, because Batman told Dick that he needs to stay dead. Grayson's new look will be mask-free with a blue and black suit bringing back memories of the pre-New 52 Nightwing. Plus, he will have a G on his chest, kind of like the R he used to wear in his youth. Why the fuck would you wear a G on your chest if you're supposed to be a spy group? Well, it's supposed to be anonymous, too. I mean, like, you're supposed to be dead. And you're showing your face. So and you're like, show, that's the thing. I'm like, like, holy shit, you look like Dick Grayson. And, no. And that's the thing, too. Like, again, you know, we had gotten into a conversation, I think, about the third Nolan Batman movie. And we got into a long uh, discussion about how I'm saying that Bruce Wayne's sitting in Paris. And, you know, I'm like, 
he's a billionaire. Everyone should recognize him. Da da da. Everyone kind of argue. Oh, he's American. But and we got into this whole thing about how right. he wouldn't recognize him. All right. Well, this is not the movie world. This is, <laughs> this is the comic world. Bruce Wayne is very well known, and Dick Grayson was by his side for how many years? It is no way in the hell you're just going to just go wandering in as Dick Grayson anywhere and not have people go, "Hey, it's Dick Grayson. He must. <laughs> he's supposed to be dead." And this is a secret covert a spy information thing that we're doing here. I don't. I mean, I, I guess just, they want to shake it up. I don't. I, I don't like it so far. I'm trying not to pass judgment, but it, I mean, I, I got all kinds of judgment. I understand how it was. <laughs> I mean, I remember when, when Captain America. We're going to talk about this later later on about about resurrections. How when Captain America um, came back to the Marvel universe, but decided to not be Captain America, and he was an agent of Shield. But that's not an undercover agency. No, and also everybody knows that Steve Rogers is Captain America. That that's public yeah. knowledge, right? You know? Um, so for him to not have the mask on is just like, yeah, it's fine, you know. Right. But this just, it just has stink all over it. I mean, uh, when we talked about it, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, I just said it would just be like Marvel just going, Spider-Man's dead. Uh, these are now the adventures of Peter Parker, intrepid reporter. <laughs> you know, like, like, I mean, nothing, there's nothing you can tell me that Grayson's going to do that he couldn't have done at Nightwing. And, you know, I, I just don't understand. Nightwing is a very popular character with DC. And one of the few, I believe, that really cross relates into the younger population i'm not talking about teeny boppers but younger right because batman you know everybody loves batman but i think then people that don't want to completely be on the batman wagon they tend to like nightwing and those tend to be like you know your 20s 30s guys you know right so i don't know Shit, all I got to say is they could have easily done a story where Nightwing was maybe, they said he was dead, and he goes around still, still solving crimes, so people think he's like a ghost. Right. They could have done that, but whatever. Anyway. Ghostwing? Shit, be- better than Grayson. Hey. With a G on your chest? Look at me. Hey. He's great. <laughs> we just got attacked by Tony the Tiger. <laughs> <laughs> what else we got? Quick news, bro. Oh, we got something going on here. Brian Singer might be starring in Sex Man, Days of Future Litigation from the Past. (laughs) The X-Men Days of Future Past director has been sued by plaintiff Michael Egan III, who claims that in 1999, Singer gave him alcohol and drugs, including cocaine, Xanax, and Rohypnol, that's roofies for their hoes at home, (laughs) and forcibly sodomized him at estates in Los Angeles and um, Kailua, Hawaii. In 1999, Egan would have been only 17 years old. Oh. Yeah, that's a perv bell right there. That's not. Oh. That, I'm sorry. That's, that's the, yeah, there you go. Dude. Um, the filmmaker's attorney, Marty Singer, I don't know if there's any relation, and I certainly wouldn't want to be represented by a relative in that case, um, called the accusations against his client completely without merit and completely fabricated. Fox Studios has, of course, stepped in with its own statement. These are serious allegations, and they will be resolved in the appropriate forum. This is a personal matter which Brian Singer and his representatives are addressing separately. Singer, in the meantime, has canceled his appearances at this week's WonderCon Anaheim um, convention following the lawsuit. Of course, you know he doesn't want any, anybody oh, throwing any questions out questions there. Yeah. He's going to get. Hey, yeah. the movie's great. What about that guy, that little kid you fucked? This <laughs> <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> oh so my! All your other movies with the kids that are in there. <laughs> you, you know what I'm waiting for? In breaking news, Brian Singer quits the the X Men franchise, and in follow up news, Brent Ratner takes over again. I, I don't know if any of that will make me particularly happy, but uh, <laughs> I just didn't make you happy. I just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah. Well, well, the thing would be, um, you figure this. Well, this movie obviously it's done. Um, but if he is found guilty enough, you know Fox, it won't even be about him leaving. Fox will drop him. 
they will drop him like the hottest potato. <laughs> It'll be a radioactive <laughs> potato. And done. Like, yeah. oh, like, 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 a show, like a show we have on Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever happened to Brian Singer, oh, just Fox dropped him. P.S. Before you go to the next one, um, did, was it you and I talking about... Um, I don't like talking to you. So it's a good chance. <laughs> I don't know why you keep doing it during the week. Um, was it you and I were discussing about um, Brian Singer and that he's talking up Age of Apocalypse now. Meanwhile, it's like your other movie hasn't come out yet. Uh, well, we we haven't talked about that, but I do know he has been doing. Yeah, it, it's like it's like your other movie, the movie that's coming out now, the one that hasn't premiered. You haven't talked about that. Well, in his mind, it's already premiered. Yeah, yeah, but I you know, so. but usually you talk it up if you're proud of something. He's talking up Age of Apocalypse, like so. I guess then this one's really gonna suck. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it could be that, or you know, maybe it's just not enough young boys in it. I don't know. <laughs> um. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> by, by the way, before we continue, just know that in some in some states, um, um, the age for legal consent of sex varies. Like I didn't realize it. I thought it was a federal thing it's a it's a state thing right like no, in like state. in new york you know you have to be you know 18 and you're considered an adult but after 16 so when you're 17 you can have you know sex with an adult right. and so that's fine. Consent. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah so. no no yeah that's always been a state thing because you know down south liked it younger i mean that's not making fun that is true it's always been yeah. younger down south because i think you could i don't know if it still is but a, um, a certain amount of southern states you could marry by 15 wow without the parents permission yeah so it doesn't matter what state you're in but sex with a roofie yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm I know. Still a oh, absolutely. No, no. I, I, I'm not ignoring that. I'm just saying the age thing because then, you know, they're like, okay, well, it's consent, you know, somewhat consensual. Well, that's, you know, that's maybe, like with, uh, um, maybe he needed the roofies for something else. With, uh, you uh, heard the whole James Franco news? Mm-mm. He was uh, uh, chatting up a girl, a Scottish girl. Yes. Uh, sending her messages. She was only 17, though. But did he know that? Yeah, he knew she was 17. Oh. He was like trying to get her. But it, um, they're saying it was a whole uh, promotional thing. It was like a, a whole stunt. For his new movie that's coming up, where he's playing, I think it's like a teacher who goes after like a younger girl. Yeah, yeah they're saying it's not. Well, you know why? Because if you <laughs> if, if you watch the way he apologized on um, was it um, some Kate, like Kate something some show there? Yeah, um, basically it was one of the morning shows, and he apologized, but the part the apology seemed half hearted and whatever. So they're saying he was it, probably stoned. It's James Franco, <laughs> but also, but also, I think they were saying also the, the director that he he's working with is known for doing stuff like that, like doing publicity stunts to get more push for the movie. Yeah. So, in other words, pedophilia around the the superhero actor right. thing is kind of like running right. rampant. But there was a they they talked about it on Hollywood Babylon, and they were like, but if you look at the picture of a girl, you know, and then you see Ralph Garman's like, well, you know, for her. You know, <laughs> That's just fucked up. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty bad. Go ahead, Mike. Anyway, Channing Tatum gave word last fall that he would like to play the Cajun Kaboom known as Gambit from the X-Men. Why? I don't know why. Why? And now X-Men franchise producer Lauren Schuler Donner is giving it heavy endorsement as well. Oh. Quoting Tatum, if the stars align, I would die to play it. I'm already working on the accent. It's crappy at the moment. Now, if the stars align, I, in my opinion, he would just die. But um, anyhow, <laughs> uh, but who else is thinking of Gambit when he's not scoring roofies to use on underage partygoers? Well, <laughs> Brian Singer recently revealed that he is considering having Gambit and a young Nightcrawler in his follow-up X-Men Apocalypse, which could be delayed for 10 to 20. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Wow. I mean, I, I like Channing Tatum. I, I like him, but I mean, and, and I met him once. He's a really cool guy. Oh, yeah. we're, we're down to earth, but not for Gambit. No, I, I don't see him as a Gambit. First I mean, off, he's, I don't want Southern, Gambit, but that's about it. Yeah. I'm hey, first off, I don't want Gambit, yeah. and then not for Gambit. What? 
You like Gambit that much? Hey, I'm just a big Bolstaff fan. Okay, I'm, I'm into Bolstaff too, but Donatello has so much more personality than freaking um, Gambit. Gambit's a one-trick pony. I try to talk to the women and think they like me. I am a former thief. No, 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 no. But you forgot to add Cher. Cher. Yeah, that's right, Cher. Mon cher, mon ami. So, let, let, let's cool. no, that, was Gambit, that, was, that, that was Gambit, not, uh, what is it? Pepe Le Pew? No, no, I was trying to think of... Uh, Adams? Uh, yeah, the, what is Gomez, Adams? Gomez Adams. Yeah. That's all be for Halloween. I'll have to grow some hair now. Caramilla. Caramilla. <laughs> what else we got there? Uh, My last piece of uh, quick news. Wow. It's just four today. Okay. Batman Arkham Knight. The last yes. and third, well, third and last, I should say, installment of Rocksteady's Arkham trilogy has a surprise of its own hidden in plain sight. But before I get to that, uh, it was revealed that there will be a revamped Batmobile for this latest adventure, which was the main reasoning for the title to only be launched for the new consoles, Xbox One and PlayStation 4. <laughs> you guys are ass now. The, uh, <laughs> the creators basically wanted the Batmobile to be unstoppable so that if you went, if you wanted to go off-road or off-street driving, you know, like through the walls, pillars, or whatever you wanted to go through, the game needed to be more advanced to handle such a huge level of open-world destruction. Okay. Yeah. But now on to the last bit of tasty news of that. Uh, the title Arkham Knight. We all know what that's referring to, don't we? No, you don't. Ha-ha. Uh-huh. Nope. Okay. It is not referencing, as many would believe, any of Batman's many nom de guerre, which means what, what, what? Enemies. No. Nom de guerre, anyone? Nom de plume? No. That would be the name <laughs> that you write by. Nom yeah, de guerre is the name you go to war by. Yeah. Um, I have to teach something every episode here. People. Uh, Come on. Um, well, yeah, anyway. I, I, well, I'm glad you didn't reveal it in the cliche. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck I you, I listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. But anyhow, um, Arkham Knight is not referencing uh, any of the Batman's many nom de guerre. Instead, Rocksteady created a separate and new character in conjunction with DC Comics. No, really? Yeah. No further details have been revealed, but the character looks like a you know mecha bat suit, but Bruce Wayne is not under the hood. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty interesting. So, so, they, so they created a character just for the game that is you know in conjunction with DC, which means probably it'll be in their world at some point. Right. Of course. That, wow. That, that that's that's good. That sounds really interesting. Yeah. And, and it was funny that I think everybody thought that the um the last. Arkham game that just came out, Arkham Origins, Origins, was the trilogy, and that's why Kevin Conroy had made the ad by accident, gave away that, oh, I'll be back for the third Batman, and he had to take the tweet off of um, Twitter, because he, they they didn't want everybody to not buy the game, right? And but Conroy knew that Origins was not the third Batman, it was going to be Arkham Knight, right? that's why another company did Arkham Origin, right? But, but I don't understand the idea, though, of pulling something off a tweet. I'm not talking about something that's horrible and offensive, but it's like, it's out there. It, it's not like you pulled off the tweet and then suddenly no one knows. It's like, now all, all, all that happens is everyone reports what happened and then says, and then they repulled the tweet. And, and do you know how many yeah. nerds fucking sweat Kevin Conroy? Of course they fucking saw that shit. Oh, yeah. All right. So, so wow. That, that's all the quick news? It was forehead for the last time. That's pretty good. What it is is that you guys just didn't talk it up so much. Ah, well, well I have a quick news to add. Of course you Of course do. I do, yes. <laughs> hey, may, may make something good even better. Um, and it's actually going to tie into um, what we're going to talk about next segment, which is the whole trial of Jean Grey. According to editor Mike Martz, Guardians of the Galaxy will be getting two new recruits. Do you know who? I know who one of them is. Is it Kitty Pryde? Well, actually, no. I don't know who any no. of them um, well, who well, is. Well, one of them will be Venom. Flash Thompson Venom. So we have 
already a really good reason for me not to read the title. Oh, and and the second one, which is not so bad because this one's a little bit more believable, is Captain Marvel Car- Carol Danvers. Wow, Captain, that's Captain Marvel, yeah. They, they will be part of a new story arc that will begin in issue 14, which is coming up this month, I believe, um, which happens to be the Guardians of the Galaxy 100 issue, if you count all their incar- their Previous yeah, incarnation, right? Together, if you combine them both together, it's their one hundredth. But now, issue. are they just joining them in for this bat, like this, whatever, how many issue battle, or are they supposedly joining the team? Period. Well, they're joining the team for a little while. They didn't say for how long or what's going on, oh, but, wow. but but yeah. So, how do you guys feel about Venom, or, or at least Flash Thompson, Venom, and Carol Danvers being added to the roster? I don't care which Venom you put up there. Venom needs to just slowly disappear. I mean. <laughs> His purpose is completely gone. I mean, especially, you know, that you tried taking, you know, someone that became popular. And, of course, they always worry immediately, oh, he's such a villain. He's so horrible. He eats people, whatever he does. So then they tried watering that down a bit and making him a a pseudo anti-hero kind of a hero. That didn't work. He went back to being the villain. And then by the time you killed off Eddie Brock and whatnot, it's like, well, it's just time for Venom to go away. Mm -hmm. You know, bringing him back with Flash Thompson as like this spy mission impossible looking character you know in the venom suit i, I don't see and then the throw him in the gardens of the galaxy i don't even understand it nope. yeah. and it's a guy who you could literally beat with a dog whistle yeah seriously <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well a dog, a dog whistle a dog, connected dog, to an amp yeah. <laughs> a dog whistle and a hot plate <laughs> also here's one thing um the thing that bothers me why would you change the the, the roster of the team right before the movie's coming out yeah, well, and I was like, yeah, issue I 14, I had to realize, oh shit, that's this month. So yeah. why are you changing the the, 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 the roster, even, even though you're really just adding two members? Right. Why are you adding them right when the movie's coming out, well, when you want the the, the, the the team that is in the movie to reflect in well, the comics? Well, it, it's it, not just because there's an extra person. There's... I was about to say, it wouldn't be anyhow, because there's already an extra person that's in there. Yeah. Angela's there. Oh, Angela, yeah. Right. And she's been there since issue, what, three, four, five? Maybe like around five. So, I mean, she's been there for a while now. Yeah. Okay, I guess. So, I mean, you know, they never follow that closely. You know, they at least try and get things, I guess, kind of in order. But Venom and Captain Marvel, that's those are two characters that are like... It's pretty steep. Um, You know, Captain Marvel, I don't... I mean, that would just be an interesting character to have around for a while. And because she's so... Depending on how they want to write it, but she's usually so by the book, follow the rules. I mean, she's a very... She's a military trained woman, you know. She's not like the rest of this crew. Right. So, that'll be... Now, that I can see... At least adding interest. And plus, you know, she used to be much more of an interstellar person for a while. Right. So I don't see her as unusual. I mean, I see her as adding a different dynamic to the team. And, you know, and I can see where she would, she could fit in. In other words, she can be out in space without, you know, needing oxygen because of her mask that she wears now. Right. Um, she has, you know, had her binary powers when she was able to tap into a dwarf star from another dimension. You know what I mean? All this kind of stuff. But Venom. Yeah. It's like, you know, all right, Venom, we've got a mission in <laughs> outer space. So, you know, when you attach to some asteroid that eventually will come by and you can rope swing over to it, you know, it'd be like having Spider-Man on the team. That's what, that's <laughs> what bothered me when I saw the picture. It threw me off a little bit. And then when I read the article, I, and I think they're going with a whole new team. I think because Mike Martz, I think, is the new the newer editor for, for, for that book. Okay. And then they're going with a new artist and a new writer. So, oh, wow. so it's going to be interesting where they take it, which leads us to the first segment of the show. Um. As we know, we've talked about it before. Um, Battle of the Atom was the last thing we, we talked about when it came to all new X Men. Hated it, and it was horrible. And they, and I remember when we talked about in our um, comic 
our Comic Con episode that those who went to the X Men panel, that was you, Mike. Me. You weren't so happy when you went there. No, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but I'm, I'm viewing it with the, the ability, my super ability of denial. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's funny they say, it's funny they mentioned denial because they mentioned in that panel, you said they mentioned the trial of Jean Grey. And you're like, there's no way I'm going to read that. And here we are, episode 30, <laughs> talking about the trial of Jean Grey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, what we're going to do right now, um, um, we're going to talk about. Um, the the collaboration of both um, Guardians of the Galaxy and all new X Men in the the series The Trial of Dream Gray and I already Dream Gray Dream Gray I didn't even drink I'm drinking water I don't know it's just me today well it's a clear liquid we're assuming it's water shit it <laughs> so I already know you have synopsis I'm gonna ask do you have a synopsis MFG not really no but I mean I can wing that one <laughs> wing away <laughs> wait okay wing away and I'll just add in certain parts. Basically, MFG, what is the trial of Jean Grey about? Um, well, there's the character Jean Grey, and now she's going to be Who on trial. Is she? <laughs> um, you know, the all new X Men, I'm not going to get too much into it. We have right. already talked about that, and if you're not reading it, you should be. The all new X Men are the original five X Men brought back from their time period into the future time. Um, so, you know, none of them have experienced anything that, has, that we know of as the X Men. Jean Grey has been kidnapped by the Shi'ar Empire, uh, particularly by a gladiator who is ruling the Shi'ar right now, and she's been put on trial for her crimes as the Phoenix, which, of course, she has not committed yet. Right. Um, so that, you know, which asks a lot of questions, you know, kind of the whole, like, you know, are you guilty beforehand kind of a thing or, you know, whatever. Um, but along the way, it brings in, of course, the X-Men group, uh, which is Kitty and uh, who's been in charge. And uh, she gets the help from the Star Jammers and from the Guardians of the Galaxy while race to try and get back the fallen teammate and... Uh, that's Same thing. Yeah. Okay. Good. That's perfect. Well, That's why I said I top, could top of your head. That was pretty good. I'm, impre- I'm impressed. All right. So yeah, how, how do we had that all written down? What? He had that all written down. Nah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking up. I mean, I, I can say I can say that unless he has like something on his eyelids. He, 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 top of Google head. Glass. Yeah. Google Glass. Yeah. Don't you wish we had that? <laughs> well, I took fifteen hundred bucks out of your wallet, so uh, I'll have it soon. <laughs> it must, no, that's definitely not my wallet. Trust me. I, I owe. I have. A, I have an IOU in there. That's what it is. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about it. Trial of Jean Grey. Uh, let's break it down. What did you guys think, and how do you feel like it went? I'll say one thing. I'll start off with: it was a good way of getting people interested in. in um, it, it was a good way of getting people interested in the Guardians, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy book. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was it was a good pull in for them. Um, and it's not, I, you know, I mean, I, I stress that word almost as if I, I'm saying I didn't like any of the Trial of Jean Grey. Um, I enjoyed it uh, to a point. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, it's nothing wrong with issues. It's not like the Battle of the Atom. It didn't go on endlessly long. It's only six issues, uh, three in each book, uh, you know, three in All-New X-Men and three in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just, I guess I was expecting a little bit more flash and dazzle, but we just kind of got a lot more, um, almost more for people to meet the Guardians of the Galaxy and people to meet the Star Jammers again. Um, You know, it was kind of that kind of a book. Right. At to, least I felt, at, to least get for re- the mo- at least for the most of it. To anyway. get reacquainted with those characters right. in that universe? Yeah. Okay. Ralph, I, I mean, I know that you don't read Guardians. You're not a, re- a regular reader of Guardians, but for this assignment, you had to read Guardians. What did you think? I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a lot. I thought um, it, was, it, was, it was an interesting dynamic to see when you have like two groups coming together like this, yeah. especially like you got your pretty much young adolescent group with the veterans, you know? Right. And it was just so funny, especially the interactions with um, 
Rocket Raccoon and Iceman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you know that was a good. That was actually kind of fun. Iceman's always like, uh, um, they're they're talking about something. I forgot the exact lines, but like they're talking about something. He's like, oh, I'm just talking because I like t- uh, hearing the the talking raccoon talk. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like I'm a Disney princess. Right, yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of that going on. It was definitely a lot of fun. I liked when um was I believe in the beginning of the series when Groot was what was it was the beginning of the series where Groot we actually hear what Groot saying. Um yeah, somewhere in the first couple of ones, but yeah, Gene is able to mentally talk to Groot and he actually says a lot. But the point is though, it's it's funny that we get to see it, but evidently a lot of them understand what he's saying anyhow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you know, they actually, they'll sit there and argue with him, you know, Cause especially in the last book. Yeah, I saw you know, that. There was yeah. a lot of, you know, they'll just be like, well, you know, thank goodness we got out of here. I am Groot. Well, that's not what I meant by the so-and-so, <laughs> such and so-and-so. I am Groot. Well, if that's the way you're going to be about it. And you're like, you know, you're like, okay, so it's not just Gene's telepathy. I mean, we just got to see the words. And yeah. it was like, I am Groot was like something like a, what, two-paragraph thought sentence that he had out yeah. there. And so that was kind of clever. The, um, the final scene when they're like, when they're, they've just dropped him off on Earth. Wait, hold on. Press your button. Warning, this segment may contain spoilers, so leave Ralph alone. Continue. <laughs> and as Ralph was a bit about to be spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> when, they're, when they're just dropping him off on Earth and you see uh, Groot and uh, Rocket, they're like off to the side. And then oh, yeah. Rocket's yeah. telling Groot, it's like, you're not going to get weird with the Earth trees again, are you? Yeah. And then you see as, as, the, as the, panel, the next panel, he's just like, all right, it's, you're making it weird. All right, yeah. And you just see Groot, like he's like with like a heart bubble over his head. And then right, right before they leave, and you see two raccoons come out of the mm-hmm. woods. And then Rocket's like, "Put some pants on, goddammit!" <laughs> it, it, it was funny and clever. Kind of cute at times. Um, you know, I, I'm still lost why they call him Rocket Raccoon. Considering he's not a raccoon, yeah, but considering he's not a raccoon, uh, like you know, that's the part I don't understand because he keeps arguing. About my, you know, I'm not a raccoon. And I'm going, but your name is Rocket Raccoon. But of course, you know they've now that's from, from they all those years ago. Him, yeah. Well, they keep calling him Rocket now. I, I you yeah. know, you notice that of late, and I find that funny. You know, but um, <laughs> but like, but but getting back to the whole point of it though is uh, so you know, you have Gladiator that wants to hold Jean accountable for her crimes that she has not committed yet. Right. Um, I thought that that premise was interesting, but I don't think that they touched it in the way that they should have. What do you mean? Like, I don't think they did enough to kind of play on, uh, you know, or, you know, kind of the, the whole, kind of like the minority report, how where, you know, they were arresting people for crimes they had not committed yet. Right. Like, but how they touched upon the issue of, well, can you really accuse somebody of doing something they, they have not done, done yet? That's right. like that like, whole age old question. If you go back in time, would you kill Hitler, little baby Hitler, even though he hasn't committed the crimes? Right, yet? exactly. You know, it's, they didn't really get into it that much I, I i didn't think i mean they kind you of thought that was the angle it. they were going to hit well because that's the trial i mean she's on trial for a crime she did not commit right you know so i first considering that it's such a bizarre crime that she's being accused of because and it's also considering it's not as if um the the being that was the phoenix didn't die so mm-hmm. the the being that was the phoenix already paid for its crime by killing itself so to try gene again you know, like I said, it's it's an interesting point, but I don't think he delved into it. But properly. it also goes back to what you thought. What you one of your big complaints about Jean Grey, the character, all the way back from like God knows whatever episode we still talked about it, that Jean wasn't the Phoenix. The right. Phoenix was impersonating Jean. So if they all know that, why are they blaming Jean? Right. Do, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, like. Yeah. No. I mean, it's it's a whole. Well, you know. And again, I understand his philosophy as well. You know, 
you will again be presented with the phoenix and you will again choose to you know save your comrades and that'll make you the phoenix but it's you know the finally it does finally bring up the point well that's already occurred it's not like for instance gladiator went into the past and is arresting gene which will stop the, the 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 death you know, it's like, well, the people have already died. The phoenix has already died. Planets are already know. dead. Right, exactly. So he wanted retribution. You know, but he didn't really. That was the weird part, too. Like, and also in the beginning, you kind of got the feeling that he was up to something else. Yeah. And then it turned out he wasn't. Like, I yeah. mean, like I, so I didn't get that. Like, you got this. He would have a weird look of like, you know, they're like, you know, well, you know, she's not really the phoenix that did this. So why are you on trial? And he would give like a smirky look. So I was like, okay, that's what I was excited about. I'm like, okay, great. This is not about the trial of Jean Grey. This is about something else. Right. And then it turned out it was about the trial of Jean Grey. Yeah. And then and then they blew off a lot of information. Then that would have made it an interesting philosophical conversation. You know, very bendacy that way. <laughs> yeah, you know. But I thought he was going to be really clever, and then he wasn't. So that also right. disappointed me. But um, you know, I, I just thought it was again. It wasn't as much of a lot a, a lot to do about nothing like the whole battle of the atom. But I still thought that. Uh, the little that we got new out of the book still, to me, wasn't worth a miniseries. I, I, I really am starting to truly miss the times of an issue or two, and it's just some villain. It's just some thing it's a going one on. Right, you know, just a one-shot or even a two-shot, and we're done, and we move on. I, I would love to see that. You know, I'm just tired of everything has to build into some epic four, five, six, eight, twelve-part series. You know? <laughs> oh, that's um, true. Yeah. That's how they make their money, man. Because you're like, oh my god, it's a series. It's coming up. No, now we're like, oh my god, it's a fucking series. Right, but, that's, that's, but that's the thing. It's like they made money. They they sold far more comics in the '80s than they do now. And I'm not talking about the late '80s when people were trying to use them as a future investments. I'm talking about even you know the the, the earlier '80s. They sold far more than they do now, and those were with one-shot adventures. You know, it's it, that's. It's not a viable reason to to make these stories that don't need to be in multiple parts. Right. Yeah, so, so now you have the internet and you got video games and you got movies. But what does that have to do with making? In other words, if you give me an interesting story, they just need ploys to try to get people. To, to that's buy what the that's called um, building your story. In other words, if I'm fighting a villain in issue one, for the sake of argument, okay, and then I put in a subplot, which is what good writers do, that subplot will lead into issue two. It doesn't have to be the main thing. I can now fight a different villain build that same subplot, which is what really happened with, like, the, the Dark Phoenix, for instance. Right. I mean, that whole thing, it, it was just Adventures of the X-Men, Adventures of the X-Men, Adventures of the X-Men. Wow, who's this Jason Wingard character? Adventures of the X-Men, Adventures of the X-Men. Things starting to get weirder with this Jason Wingard character. Adventures of the X-Men, Advent- you know, one or two-part stories, and then you realize, holy hell, this little thing that had been leading up to has been leading up to this huge story. That is good, right? That is what gets you going. But if you're telling me that, because I mean, think about it, if you're telling me all right, I'm going to make a three-part story. Well, you're telling me as the reader, I only have to read three books. Because you're now telling me that issue four has nothing to do with what I was reading. I can stop now. You know, and to, so to me, it's like you're shooting yourself in the foot doing that, then keeping an audience in. You're actually giving them a good out. Right. You're telling me that, well, at the end of these 10 issues, if I'm not that pleased, the story's over. I, I think one of, the, one of the big things was that it was made up to be such a big to do yeah and not much came out of it right it's kind of like it's almost as bad as as, well a couple of things happen like like one of the members of of the x-men not going to mention um ends up not being there anymore right you know he um he or she decides to leave um and then you have gene gene being upgraded to a certain power yeah but 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 weird like they're just I, i don't even understand it they're saying that there's some kind of a she's comboing her telepathy and telekinesis and i'm like I don't even understand what that means, and and you didn't explain what that means, you know. Well, 
it's time for a little uh, mutant science uh, lesson for you. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, right. So be, when, before he explains, <laughs> this this will be total bullshit and, and probably involving a tank. <laughs> Don't take that away from me. I was going to say and there will be no tanks involved. <laughs> okay. So here's what happens. When you combine telekinesis and telepathy together. Listen to the accent he's using. Go ahead. <laughs> so you mean if I take part of one word and part of the other and cram together, so telekinesis and telepathy, I can make telepathy? Yes. Well, apparently the way it works is she becomes some sort of like psionic siphon that takes energy, psychic energy from people around her to enhance her own energy. That's what she was doing. Yeah, she moves, she uses her telepathy to take the psychic energy from their mind and yeah. Try to wrap your mind around that. And then she pulls out a tank. (laughs) If she had pulled out a tank, I would have been like on board. Like if she had just made a tank, I'd have been like, all right, I'm on board with that. Yeah. It just was one of those things. It just, it was, it was odd. Um, and, and fruitless for so far. Um, I, I, I'm not really crazy about where they're going with Jean Grey right now. I mean, and I don't know where that going is. It's just that right. when, the, when the story started, when All New X-Men started, it was just, it was great. You know, you have somebody, think about it. You're finding out that you do all these horrible things under the guise. Well, or, sorry, I'm sorry. All these horrible things are done under the guise of being you. You still end up dying at some future point. You know, you see all these horrible things um, about your own future. That's a lot for a teenager to take in, you know, right. but now they're, 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 they're trying to make Gene into this ultimate, I don't know what. And I just think that that's just too much. I'm like, guys, just give me but it's, stories. But it's kind of one of the things that you would talk, they always talk about. We talk about off and on podcasts. You talk about how Gene's not an interesting character outside of the Phoenix saga. Right. And, and maybe they're trying to, like you said, trying to flesh her out and give her something more trying to make her a little bit more interesting, but maybe they're giving her too much too soon. Well, I think interesting and power are two completely different com- conversations. Oh, yeah. You know, in other but words, maybe they, but that's what I'm saying. Maybe, they, maybe, that, maybe that's the error. They're giving her power to make her interesting. And that's my whole point is right. that, you know, one does not have to have the other. She was interesting in issues one through whatever. When she, because, was, when she was barging into their brains. Right. And yeah, yeah, exactly. She was in because she has to now teach herself basically how to use telepathy efficiently you know because yeah, the, the professor isn't there to guide her yeah. um you know so that to me is interesting learning how to use an ability that almost seemed like second nature to us having read her through the comments before right but just increasing her power level or giving her some weird messed up combo power that to me doesn't make her interesting that's just a forced situation you know it's kind of like forcing it in to go, wow, this is going to be something. You're like, eh, it's just going to be a mess. Well, yeah. well, the, well, towards the end, they kind of prelude that this power may lead her to regaining uh, being under control of the Phoenix. Well, and that's the other thing, too, that I, I, I'm tired of with Jean Grey. And, and, and the weirdest part is that she kind of makes a point of it even in the book, too, is that she's not the Phoenix. And she never was the Phoenix, and we all know that. Stop. Jean Grey does not equal Phoenix. Phoenix equals Phoenix. If you since they've now brought her right, and it's the only way to put it. And since, now it's time for some X Men math. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, it, in other words, if you're going to tell me that you're since you didn't let Jean just die the first time, um, and then you resurrected her under the guise that she never was the Phoenix, and that the Phoenix just copied her body, fine, I'm accepting of that. Well, then stop associating her with the Phoenix. She she can't have any more guilt, and especially this Jean Grey of all people can't have because she didn't make any. Not one of the decisions 
that the other Jean Grey adult made. Right. So, there, you know, don't give me Jean Grey guilt. She can't have any. Right. Um, stop giving me the, like, you know, like Ralph was just pointing out, maybe it's leading her into getting the power or maybe her power will corrupt into something akin itself to the Phoenix. Stop it. If you're going to give me interesting Jean Grey, don't rehash Jean Grey. If you're going to be a writer, write. Write something new. <laughs> yeah. I got a question. Uh-oh. So, uh-oh. so remember back in Not the a back- tank. <laughs> <laughs> remember back of Battle of the Atom? Remember? 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 Back at back Battle of the Atom. Okay, what part? All right. When um, the X-Men of the future come to the past. Right. Remember them? Which, which, which one? ones? The good ones. Okay. The second group. The, the, the second lame group. Okay. Yeah. So you have one of them who's actually the Phoenix Force, right? That was Quentin Quire. Right. So what's the deal with him? So he's not really a real person. It's just the Phoenix Force. Well, the Phoenix can inhabit the body. It's just in this case, Gene was dying. So the Phoenix just did that. Again, you have to remember, they, they didn't come up with that solution <laughs> until years later. Okay. It, wasn't, it wasn't stated in the original appearance of Phoenix that that's what happened. They didn't, up until um, they were ready to do X Factor number one. Jean was the Phoenix and the Phoenix committed suicide. So Jean Grey herself had killed herself. Right. It wasn't until because actually the if you ever saw the original cover to X Factor number one, it's the three members of the I'm sorry, it's the four members of the original X-Men team. Right. And a woman silhouetted all in white. Long hair, you could see it, da 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 da. Do you know who that was supposed to be? Who? Jean Grey? Dazzler. Dazzler was supposed to be the original um choice for the woman to join X Factor, and then someone said what if we bring back Jean Grey? And so wow. I was like, got it. The original team will now be back. But now, of course, we need to, we need to explain how to bring her back. Exactly. So and basically you're saying that in the original back. story, there was no intention of Jean Grey no. being being um, underwater, you know, right. and, and being copied. She did that. That was an original love story that had a tragic ending. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Dazzler was supposed to be the fifth member of X-Factor. Of course, X-Factor. Dazzler. What the That's fuck? my girl. That's your girl. Um, but, you know, but think about it. If we had have had Dazzler as the fifth member, we wouldn't have had the awful story of Jean Grey being not being the Phoenix and making this whole mess. So yeah. there yeah. is there is something out of that sure. that would have happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we would have an awful story of Dazzler with the X Factor, and in fact, it would have lasted fourteen issues. It would have been a good fourteen issues because Dazzler is cool. Well, I, I won't even get. I it. love you, Daz. <laughs> Dazzler just sounds like a stripper name. <laughs> and now on the stage is Dazzler. <laughs> Her pasties of power. <laughs> But uh, I mean, but um but one thing I did have to say though I'm um, real fast I wanted to mention uh, I I did think was touching and I I mean I hated it to be too sappy um, I know that they try and keep to a point some of the all new X Men's a little bit looser and lighter but I really would have liked a little bit more um, scene with Scott meeting his father yeah you know um, because I mean I thought that they did a great job with Scott meeting his brother and his brother now being older than him yeah you know so when he finally sees Havoc who that he didn't realize was alive. Yeah, I thought that was very touching. It wasn't long, but it, I thought it was it was very touching. Yeah. This one, I I didn't feel quite as touched. Well, it was a little rushed. Yeah, it was a, a little rushed. You know, and I really wish they had. But I think also it. because they were in the throes of battle, they right. wanted to keep the the, the momentum going yeah. of of, of, and of the battle. I respect that. I respect. And, that. and it was good for what it was. Yeah. I mean, and even the moment where he's upset and he walk and he leaves, and then our favorite clone X twenty three goes to oh. comfort him. I'm like, oh, is she gonna give him something? She gonna give him something to calm him down? Um, she's, well, she's, she's gonna give him the fourth claw. <laughs> Which she she might actually have another claw there. I mean, she is the clone of Wolverine. We don't know if it made her all female. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Stripped down. This is just like my clones. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, well, oh maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, but um, Scott's I, still I, young. I definitely agree with the whole. You know, they, they didn't explore that as much. But yeah, it, I just. I mean, again, it, I don't mean a whole issue. I just meant like maybe another page worth of panels. I, I just. I you know maybe just like you know anybody that's lost a parent or whatever like that. I just think. I just wanted to see a little bit more touching of like seeing you know like you know this is Scott's first time realizing his father's life because I mean Scott didn't meet Corsair until he was an adult, right? Yep. You know, so I mean, and he was shocked then to see his father alive. So imagine a teenager, you know, where, you know, as an adult, you figure you've you've built your walls, you've you know, you've you've toughened yourself up or whatever. Here's a teenager still vulnerable to all these emotions to see. Right. Oh my God, my dad's alive. <laughs> yeah. You know? Well, I mean. It was one of those things that I, I definitely wish that they would. I agree, they definitely should have done more for it. The things I liked about the book, just just to talk about liking it, is it me or the art for Guardians of the Galaxy rivaled Immanen's artworks? Well, I like Sarah Sarah Pacelli. Yeah, I mean, I like Eminem, especially that song with Rihanna. But uh, <laughs> no, um, uh, artwork. Yeah, no, I agree. But it's actually, I don't know if it's been the same artist, but most of the Galaxy Guardian of the Galaxy books have been really good artwork. Because yeah. um, again, I, I haven't been continuously reading. I read it up to like maybe issue seven or eight or something like that. And they picked it and, back up when, for this. Yeah, only for this. Because um, I, I enjoyed the first six or seven or eight issues, whatever it was that I went through. Right. Um, but I, but I just have so much that I read that I was just like, I enjoyed it, but not enough to keep going. Uh, but the artwork is really good, and you know, Immelman, I just worship Immelman's artwork. Yeah, Sarah Pacelli, I was very yeah, impressed with it. It, it. it moves really well. The color, yeah. I mean, whoever the colorist is, great. Also on Guardians, yeah. on Guardians of the Galaxy, one hundred percent. And mind you, I haven't picked up a Guardian book since the nineties when they had that group with Charlie Twenty Three and Vance Astro and Yondu right. and, and Martin X and Star and Starhawk and all those guys. You know, like I wasn't really interested. So to catch this book. And to see how well it was drawn, mm-hmm. and it just the, the pacing moves really well. I love it. Yeah. So I'm kind of disappointed to talk back almost to the quick news where they're talking about getting a new artist and a new editor. And I'm like, how's this gonna roll? Yeah. What do you think about um, the chemistry between Angela and Glamour? Ah, it's funny that you mentioned that. Angela and Glamour. I don't know. I mean, I mean, they they have hints of of right. I can't tell if they're trying to make them like. You know, the same way, like um, sometimes you have two heroes on the team and they kind of rivals, even though they're on the same team, right. or if it's that lesbian love kind of thing. It's kind of both, actually, because I think you know they're both just you know doing their own thing, kind of. Do you know um, Angela's backstory? Yeah, I, I told you this on the podcast. Which one? Uh, the one that I told it on. <laughs> Spawn. We talked about that she was part of the Spawn universe and yeah. that um, right, McFarlane. Right, calm down. I'm yeah. sure well, when McFarlane dicked over Neil Gaiman, that's my boy Neil Gaiman too of the Sandman fame. Neil was like, "I'm leaving and I'm taking this character with me because it's mine." <laughs> so, 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 what, what about Angela and her backstory? No, it's just interesting that how they brought her in. They said that it's like the reason she's in this universe is like there was a, a problem with the multiverse and she was like sucked in here. Yeah. Well, they had to explain how in the world she got here, you know. And it's, it's cool though, because like in 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 the whole trial of Jean Grey, because she's an angel, mm-hmm. she's not a classified species, right? So when she's floating in space, and, and then like the, the she are like, uh, there's something floating, an unidentified species, bring her in, right. you know. It's like they're like, how does how does the she are <laughs> empire not have her on uh, as a catalog species? And then you just see rocket raccoons just smile. It's like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, when I had when I had read that, because again, I haven't you know picked up an issue in several months from the Guardian book. I read that and I was like, holy shit, I forgot <laughs> that that she's not from this universe. You know, I'm like, yeah, there is no record. She's the only thing of the of her kind in oh, this universe. Right, yeah. You know? So you know, I, I do think that's a cool character. Now, what did we think about uh, 
and I don't know why they felt obligated to put that in that 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 uh, crushiness between Kitty, Kitty and Peter. It was cute, but I mean, it was necessary. It was just weird. I was like, he gave her the phone. He's like, call me maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, really? When did all that happen? And you know, Kitty, are you that hard up? I mean. Colossus is just, he's alive and on another team. I mean, he's not bald anymore. Well, well she broke up with Ice Man, so she was kind of like, you know, a little bit still broken over that. Yeah. Bro- broken ice. <laughs> but you think she's still frigid? <laughs> oh, cold. Thank you. Oh, the first one. Wow. Okay. He wasn't looking at the TV. Right <laughs> he's watching The Incredible Hulk. <laughs> but, um,. I mean, I thought I was fine with it. I mean, it, it, it's not like something that carried over well, throughout the. Right. I was about to say it wasn't a big deal. I just thought it was because it was in the last page where they really. And I'm like, where did that come from? And why did you feel that you had to put that in there? You know, like, yeah, it's, it's probably to, it's, it's foreshadowing for like there's probably going to be oh, probably. some other crossover oh, very, very or, or where you know she's going to call Peter and be like, oh my god, we're under attack. We need your help right now or some shit. It was like, or, oh. or either that or in the Guardian book. He'll, you know, there'll be an emergency and kid will be like, oh, I just want to call and talk. Yeah. <laughs> and he'll be like, can't talk, can't talk. <laughs> you know? Or he'll just be like, he'll be like, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. <laughs> right, exactly. Something along that line. You can imagine that too. Before before we kind of wrap it up, um, let me ask you guys a question. Did you feel the, the fight between Kitty and then between Kitty, between Gene and Gladiator was kind of short? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, like the buildup was like, oh, that was it? Well, yeah, because it's, you know, you have a character, Gladiator is he might even be considered more but he's definitely like the superman kind of person of that universe meaning that they make guesstimates at how his power works but there's that's all it is i mean whoever writes him always makes it different but you know the basic idea is as long as he believes he can't be defeated he can never be defeated you know right um and for him to be kind of tossed around like a a rag doll you're like so that should be thought of a lot his power is psychological Basically, it was that was a theory. I can't be, so whenever he's like in a slump, he's like, "Oh man, I'm, I don't feel it today, man." Well, he's never in a slump. That's the whole <laughs> oh. thing. That's the whole thing. Yeah. So anybody could just come shot to the head, boom, you're dead. I they don't. That's what I'm saying. Like they've never addressed it. It's only when he had to fight Cannonball because Cannonball's got his ass kicked surprisingly Fuck by by Gladiator um, many years ago. I don't even know what book it was in, but uh, but then it came back to they had to he had to take him on for a moment. I think it may have been when. Uh, they were slaughtering all of Jean Grey's family. Right. Um, he met up with him again, and it was this whole like, can, you know, can I deal with him? And he's like, well, maybe I can I can psych him out because his power is based on as long as he believes he can beat you, he can beat you. And I'm like, that's really the explanation we're going on with this. That's how his power works. It's a belief system. I but, believe it. Like he's the Dianetics of I superheroes. Wow. <laughs> And now we apologize to all the what are they called? Wackies from L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> Church of Church of Scientology. Yeah. We oh, apologize to all yeah. the Scientologists. So no, we don't. We do not apologize. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> we do not. I, I don't care. Wow, how we, we got a renege for for apology? Wow. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And I dare Tom Cruise to listen to this and get mad. <laughs> <laughs> I dare Tom Cruise to listen. There'll be one more listener. <laughs> I, I dare him to listen and stop listening. And then in that case, we'll probably grab uh, Katie Holmes and all her followers because she'll probably listen. Yeah. <laughs> she'll listen and then she'll talk from the side of her mouth like she always does. <laughs> <laughs> and now we apologize to Katie Holmes. <laughs> and all the people who talk to the side of their mouth. <laughs> all right. So. So how do we rate that? Or oh, are we rating it? Uh, I mean, I don't know. If you, I mean, fuck it. I'll, I'll rate it. What you got? Um, I'm going to give it. Um. I'm gonna give it four, uh, four Jean Grey getting new powers out of six. Ooh. 
So I feel like it was better than average. It was better than I expected. And it's definitely better than off the fence. I'm not on the fence. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I did feel like it was kind of short in the way they resolved it. And there's some things like you talked about the gladiator thing where you thought it was going to go some way. Right. And you're like, oh, no, it didn't even go that way. It was just straight on what they said. Yeah. So it was a bit disappointing. But I definitely, it was a fun read. It was, it was good to read the, the witty banter and the color. So What about uh, you, Mr. Rowe? I give it, uh, let's see, seven... Scott Summers fathers add a boy to Scott from eye blasting gladiator out of ten. Wow, that was that was a very long that was a long reading. <laughs> yeah, because you know he's like he's like Scott Summers uh, blasts um, gladiator, and then you see his father's like, yep, that's my son. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you give it there, MFG? Oh, my rating's very obvious, and it'll be very helpful to all the listeners out there. I give it a. I am Groot out of I am Groot. <laughs> and I will give it, and that obviously needs no more explanation than that. It does well, not. I, I absolutely not understand. Am. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought as much. <laughs> All right. So there you have it. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy and All New X-Men combining in um, Trial of Jean Grey. I would say pick it up on paperback and the rest of the crew agree. So um, we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, after X-Men 2 finishes, maybe. Uh, no, that's no. I'm turning off the TV. Good. <laughs> it can only be hazard, a book at a time. It can only be hazard, a book at a time. It can only be hazard, a book at a time. It can only be hazard, a book at a time. The question that is on everyone's mind: What's on Mike's shelf? Go, 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 go. I even need to explain Mike's shelf. You do a bad job of it anyway, but go ahead. Oh, come on. So do you want to explain Mike's shelf? Well, Mike has this, well, it's like a... Uh, you, I, didn't say, I didn't say do me do you. I didn't say imitate me doing you. How about can you do it? You have, it, was a, it was a pre-pubescent uh, cap before his balls dropped with a cracking voice. Okay, what's up with talking about my balls dropping? <laughs> what the fuck is that about? Anyway, Mike's shelf. Mike's got a shelf full of comic shit. <laughs> Let's break it down. All right, fine. Oh, you're going to do it, Ralph? Yes. Oh, here. fuck. Here, bad impersonation number 25. Here we go. Here we go. Sit down, people. This is going to be a while. <laughs> here at Mike's apartment, Mike has a lovely shelf filled with many, 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 many comic books. And today, we spin a spinner to see which book we get to pick and talk about. Which I like to call a clicker, but okay. That wasn't bad, Ralph. Uh, well, it's actually two. They're not comic books. They're collected. Volumes. Well, because they're not individual comics. Graphic novels. And most of them, yeah. And, 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 and books of that sort. Yeah. And we distracted Mike from this. There you go. All right. That seems faster than normal. Well, because oh, we were talking to My bad. I'm sorry. I'll redo it. No, 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 no. Keep the number we had. Keep the number we had. Keep the number we had. What was the number we had? Yeah. We had lucky number 26. 26. What all makes right. that so lucky? That's like 13 times two. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not lucky at all. Isn't it? Isn't 13 so lucky? Uh, eh, not according to Jesus. <laughs> wow. Well, he happened to be number 13. It's a good thing I'm an atheist. There you go. All right, MFG. So what's on your shelf at book number 26? Book number 26 is Grendel, Devil's Legacy, written by Matt Wagner. Wait, Grendel? Grendel. What happened to her brother Hansel? Uh, that was Gretel. Shut up. <laughs> oh, I, Mike can do play on words, but I can't do it. Oh. Evidently, you can't. <laughs> yeah, boo. Continue, Grendel. Go ahead, because this is actually a really good book from what yeah. I understand. I, I, I'm a huge fan of the Grendel series of books to begin with. Um, I haven't read all of them, but I've read most of them. Um, 
Matt Wagner's character is just it's just fantastic. But uh, but this particular one is about Christine Spar taking up the handle of Grendel. Christine Spar is the daughter of Hunter Rose's adopted daughter. So I'm not. I guess that makes her granddaughter ish ish. You know, kind of thing. Um, this is set into the near future, and uh, she has written an autobiography about her grandfather and his life because the world has, after his death, has found out that he was Grendel. He was not only Hunter Rose, but he was Grendel, right. who was a villain and whatnot. Um, her, she takes her son to see uh, a kabuki exhibition, and soon afterwards, her son is kidnapped. And she realizes that it was by, uh, eventually, by one of the kabuki warriors named Tujiro. And uh, well, actually, he was like Tujiro the 14th, I think is his name. Um, and uh, she ends up taking, a, she steals the costume, the face mask, which actually has some kind of a, a enhanced sense. It's kind of like the sense of smell and hearing is, is amplified through the mask. And it takes the tuning fork that uh, Hunter Rose also used. And she begins her um, looking for revenge, basically, to try and find her son and seek revenge. Which is a big theme of the whole book, but uh, you know, it's it's more than just a kidnapping. It turns out that Tujiro is actually some kind of a vampire, and he shapeshifts into his, his a kabuki vampire. Yeah. Okay. Well, he uses because he's unusual looking, and he uses the kabuki, I think, disguise to kind of hide a little bit of his unusualness. Gotcha. He also can convert into like looking like a house cat, and he's already, I think, by this point, hundreds of years old. Um, so this this whole thing, her so search for that, this fearsome vampire. Turns into a pussy yeah. cat. Yeah, but but a very dangerous one because someone else ran into that little pussy cat and it just devoured that person. Wow. Yeah, yeah the pussy cat devoured somebody. Yeah, oh, it, yeah. It's so, just, so he so his his vampire powers carried over in animal form. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's very aware. You know, as some crazy pussy. Yeah. As some crazy pussy. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's it's just a great story. It eventually involves Argent, which anyone that's familiar with Grendel knows. Argent is a it's kind of a cursed Indian that's also been alive for a very long time. And he's basically looks like a werewolf. Okay. You know, um, and he has some connection to Grendel that's supernatural. We don't understand the connection that, that that's there, but it is, it's supernatural. Like he senses when Christine, not so much steals, but becomes Grendel because Grendel's almost like a state of mind after a while. And once she kind of accepts <laughs> becoming Grendel, Argent senses that immediately and knows that the devil is alive again, um, as he likes to call it. So you get eventually you get a showdown between uh, Grendel and Argent, which is fantastic. It's just it's like it's a great book. It's got lots of twists and surprises. Um, it's it's gritty, very gritty at times. Um, it'll definitely twist your stomach here and there uh, because could, Tujiro's favorite thing to eat from his victims is his eyeballs. So he usually has collections of eyeballs. Oh, and he's just snacking on like you know that kind of a thing um i'm curious if this eyeballs, is on your, the uh, other white meat yeah, exactly <laughs> i'm curious about this book it because because <laughs> you're somebody that that you've always talked about you like your heroes your heroes your villains your villains and this book is centering around the main character that's a villain well not this time the original grendel was a villain he was well, a flat well, out you know leader of okay villains. so, so okay, there was an anti-hero right well well yeah this one is this one. an anti right it's much more of an anti i mean you know she is being the hero is just that she's going through any means possible to get her son back. Right. Um, so in that sense, I guess it makes it a little bit more anti-hero because she's, you know, always after Tajiro. And I love it that, you know, because Tajiro, typical Kabuki, has got like this super, super, super duper, like down to the ankles, long hair. It's all yeah. white, you know. Um, but at the same time, you know, he's also got all the face paint on and stuff like that and the, and the, the beautiful dressings and stuff. Um, and uh, they've, you know, at, at some point, you know, 
she catches up with Tujiro before they finally have a really big match. Um, you know, he taunts her and gets away, but all this kind of stuff and slashes at her, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just really great because throughout the book, she's just like, I can't wait to get that bitch. <laughs> just so funny. She refers to him always as the bitch you know, um, throughout the rest of the film. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do like my heroes to be my heroes, but I mean, still a good story is a good story. Um, right. Because also the thing I like about Grendel, which has nothing to do with this particular book, but it's involving this book is that when you read the run of Grendel, especially that kicked off with the Devil's, Devil's Legacy, which... Um, I mean, this is a collected volume um, up to 12 issues, but it was a, it came out in single issue form. Right. If you start from issue one, um, as far as the issues go, and just keep going through, and I think it made it up to like 40 or 60 or whatever issues, I don't remember now, um, it only goes forward into the future. So, like, in other words, by time uh, you get to... After Christine Spark, for instance, she had a lover, Brian. Brian mourns her loss and it's only like maybe weeks later but he mourns her loss he starts reading her journals because she keeps a journal it's also very psychological you get in her head it's, it's such a well-written story that brian starts becoming obsessed with um what she went through and how she ended up becoming grendel that he ends up sewing his own grendel mask just a simple sew job but he starts thinking he's grendel and starts trying to take down like you know minor criminals or this one cop that's also He's an evil cop. I mean, he's not a bad cop as far as, like, on the take. He's just an evil cop. Um, okay. You know, so it's all that kind of thing. And so he gets obsessed. He becomes Grendel. He, he gets under the obsession of Grendel, so he becomes a Grendel. Um, he ends up getting killed. That moves into another stage many years later into the life of Grendel. I don't remember how that went. Eventually, Grendel is the name of a drug. There's not even, like, the character Grendel in it. Um, it's, like, a drug that people are taking, and it kind of makes them more... Um, anarchist like it releases their inhibitions but not just like in a sexual way it just basically makes it basically Grendel makes you question authority and that kind of a thing because that's Grendel doesn't care that that's the whole kind of thing that's Hunter Rose's whole point is that he was he was beyond rules you know he believed he was that smart and that rich that right. he was beyond everything um, so that you know so all these things become Grendel um, there's even a great book uh, I forget where in the series where there's absolutely no written word all the thought bubbles um, contain nothing but little icons. So, like, for instance, if let's say if somebody was bothering you and you wanted them to stop, like, you'll see the person turn to the person that they want to stop doing it, and you'll see their thought bubble, not a thought bubble, you'll see a word bubble go up, but it'll have a stop sign in it. And, you know, like, or, or symbols like that. Like, right. But there's not one word in it, so you actually have to kind of, like, it's all pictographs. You have to kind of figure out what they're saying. So that was a very interesting issue. Um, there's one where uh, I think it was, like, a salesman. I, I forget. His was a weird one because it... He kind of believed that Grendel was after him, but it wasn't. And I forget how that story went. But yeah, so there's all these different types of stories that, that they seem unrelated, except it's going through time. And then you end up with this one Grendel that has uh, that tries to take on the church because the, the papal church has now taken over America. Like it is now the ruling body and it's ruled by Pope Innocent, the whatever number he was, whatever. Um, but Pope Innocent is obviously not innocent at all. He, well, of course. He loves his blood sacrifices. He likes, you know... He makes these orgies happen and kills people left and right, stuff like that. And it, lo and behold, and this is 400 years in the future by this point. And lo and behold, who is the Pope? Tajiro. Ah. He's alive 400 years even later. So it's just this great, big, long arc. And the story doesn't even end after that. Like, I mean, that gets taken care of. But then you get Grendel in the future. Grendel becomes a robot at some point. Grendel Prime. I mean, it's just so, the, so the story different... just always goes forward in time. It's just a wonderful story. Now, when did Grendel stop? Do you know uh, when it stopped? No, not approximately. No, not not even really. Um, but 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 it did stop. It yeah, was well, not the, the series stopped, and then like what you'll get usually are like follow, like books, not just collections, but you'll get like you know maybe a graphic novel of a particular point in time of Grendel. But they haven't, I don't think, continued forward in time. Now they just kind of reference things that happened in this particular time period of a Grendel. 
right. that kind of a thing. So they'll go back to this character, or they'll go back to Hunter Rose, right. and you know, they'll, exactly. They'll, let's talk. Let's, let's talk about a story that we haven't done exactly. yet. Exactly, oh, you'll okay. get a lot of that. But this is wonderful, and like I said, it's beautiful. I, I enjoy the Pander Brothers artwork. Uh, Arnold and Jacob Pander. Uh, it's. I think it's very '80s stylized. But you, th- you were saying that you kind of thought it was I, ahead I feel, of its time. I feel like it's ahead of its time because it feels like '90s. Okay. It feels like what '90s became in regards to the artwork. So yeah. when I'm looking at. Uh, um, their artwork, you're like, yo, it's 80s, but I feel like no, it feels more like 90s. It, okay. feels, it feels like the X Men run before b- 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 before Bachelo and before kind af- of like after, yeah, like after Lee, after Jim Lee was with the X Men, but before the, that mid 90s group, that mid 90s group came in. So, um, I mean, I, I like the artwork. The colors are a little, uh, you know. Yeah, sometimes they're a little bit um, also murky. Some of the colors are a little bit murky here and there. But when the colors are done right and shining, they really come through really well. Um, like I said, it's, I definitely recommend it. I've been recommending this book to everybody. Anytime I talk about Grendel, I'm like, it's my, it was my starting point. I had never read Grendel until I started with this Grendel that came out in 88. And so that's when I started reading it. Um, and I got hooked on the concept of Grendel ever since, and it's nothing for me to go back and read Hunter Rose. It's 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 not just like when you read something and you go, oh, well, these 12 were the it of it. Glad right. I read it. It's like, no, you read any part of Grendel, and it's always interesting. Okay, cool. I mean, I know a lot of people referenced Grendel before. Like, it would be Grendel, and then they would talk about Mage. Right. And they would talk about um, oh, Solar, and they would talk about why. Uh, there's a certain, like, non-mainstream characters that people always say, oh, yeah. you got to check that out. Nexus was good. It's another one that wasn't Nexus, very yeah, Nexus was yeah. one, yeah. But by Steve, somebody, and I can't think of who did Yeah. That. I can't think of the guy that did that. Uh, um, um, Why the Last Man on Earth. And, yeah. yeah. There so. you go. That was another Is that one. the name of it? Why? Why the Last Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um. All right, so there you have it. Mike's book number 26 ends up being Grendel, one of the Grendels. Maybe you should check it out. Devil's Legacy. <laughs> This is Black Doom, and I command all peasants to take delight in the three fools known as the Skipper, Mike of the Treasury, Ralph of Practical Science. Hmm? But no one corrects Black Doom. I give you permission to address these lesser men on Facebook at Meanwhile 22 pages later, or on Twitter at Meanwhile 22. I will even allow you to view their website at Meanwhile 22pageslater.com and to show my benevolence I decree you shall listen to their podcast on iTunes for free and now you fools have my permission to continue alright here we go now we're done from break we're recharged somewhat but let's see if Ralph doesn't get distracted by the TV there's a TV in this room? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I've never noticed a TV in here. You're crazy. Shit it. <laughs> so, um, as you know, you know, we're in April and spring's upon us. And, you know, the spring holidays usually center around, you know, rebirth and, you know, the theme of rebirth. So here, meanwhile, 22 pages later, we wanted to honor this theme by getting rid of MFG and RT Square and starting with a brand new, meanwhile, 22 pages later panel of co-hosts starting next show. Yeah, try that one. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't find a tech as good as me. <laughs> I can find a tech. <laughs> Not as good as the tech. I, I have to agree with Ralph. We could never find a tech as good as him because people as good as him aren't allowed to be called techs. <laughs> <laughs> well, all jokes aside, I was, I, was, I was wondering how long it would take for me to say that and see the the looks on your faces while I was saying that. Like, what is he talking about? 
Actually, you, you couldn't do it without us. First of all, your your your, your listenership, you wouldn't even listen. Yeah, <laughs> I like the sound of my own voice. I like the sound be, of my own voice. Like, yo, this guy is just egotistical, pompous. He thinks he's amazing. Huh? Uh, uh, it's uh, me. I'm a megalomaniac too. Yeah, the megalomaniac. Yeah, forgot that forget one. that. Yeah. <laughs> All jokes aside, actually, what we're here to talk about is the theme of resurrection. You know, like I said, it's the theme of spring. It's the theme of the holidays, and actually, it's a very big theme in comic culture, in current comic culture, because it's funny. We're at it. We're we're in a day and time now where heroes die. And Every we don't get, day, and we don't get we don't get worried because heroes come back. Yeah, which it just makes it pointless. Yeah, I know. I, I always and I feel like they they're using it so much where they're killing off characters and everything is now more. I feel like for, for a publicity stunt or to um, just to make things exciting as opposed to writing a good story. Well, I was reading and I cannot think of who it was. I, I can't think of who was being interviewed at all, and, and someone is popular. It's not going to come to me at all who, who's being interviewed, but anyhow, they were. It someone, was that guy. It was that guy, and uh, someone was talking to him about uh, just that, about like you know heroes being killed off, and it disturbed me. His answer disturbed me, and I'm paraphrasing it, which was, well, it's not, you know, killing a hero off is fine because it's not about killing the hero. It's about how they get brought back and what what it brings new to the story and whatnot. And I'm like. That just disturbed me because I'm sitting there going, so you're telling me that you couldn't think of writing anything else besides killing off the character and then having some bullshit change of life story when he gets back? I'm like, that's as good of a writer as you are? stupid. I mean, mean, a lot of writers kind of of hinge their character's death on that, it seems like. I mean, I liked when, when certain characters died. And they were dead for a long time, or dead for a, ser- a serious period. Well, well a we assume they were dead. Period. You right. Know, like, I mean, when Jean Grey died, she expected she would die. When Bucky died forty years ago, or whatever, fifty years yeah. ago, probably now. I mean, no one expected even, him to be back. Even Barry Allen. When Barry Allen died, yeah. you were like, "Oh shit, he's done." Or when, or when Supergirl yeah. died, you were yeah. like, "Oh wow, it's done." Yeah. And I mean, I was fine with it. that. Was the whole thing is that these deaths? I, I don't want. A, a what you believe will be an interesting resurrection story or life after resurrection story. I want a good death if you're going to kill them and move on. If you can't write a story without that character, then maybe you should rethink being called a writer. I I mean, you're supposed to be creative. If, if all you can do is rehash, what's the point of having you? Yeah, I agree. Ralph, um, Ralph you were saying something before. You guys are some vengeful people that you just you want people dead, and you're like, you know, you're dead. You yeah, stay dead. Yeah, but you know what? And I'm gonna speak. I mean, I know you're joking around, but I'm gonna speak seriously. I feel like to a certain degree, because comic is fantasy, and let's let's, let's be honest. Sometimes we take this a little too seriously. But I think there's a part of comics that 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 what makes it interesting is when certain heroes die and they don't come back. And if you're a good writer, you talk about how do you move on. That's what made the Phoenix Saga so interesting. Yeah. Gene's dead. Cyclops leaves because he's so fucking because he, driven with grief. Because he needed to move on. And, 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 they, and they wanted Cyclops gone, actually. you know. Right. So, so then they figure out how to move on. But if you know that somebody's going to come back, you're not worried. There's no, there's no, there's there's no, no tension. There's no tension. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's put it this way. I mean, the X-Men, I mean, this is nothing new. They have been saying it since the late 80s, well, a little bit. But then definitely by, uh, yeah, by, into the 90s, by the early 90s. They were just like, uh, you know, so-and-so died. Well, they're an X-Men. They don't stay dead for long. <laughs> if that's your reaction to your teammate dying in front of you, right? you got issues. I mean, you know, because no, no death should be that, that by the way. You know, I mean, right. it should be like, holy hell, this person just died. And because even though it's a comic book, we're still supposedly based in the real world. Exactly. You know, they're not coming back. Yeah. And, 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 and I shouldn't be expecting them. I mean, if you told me it was a 
flesh wound and they went off into a room and then someone told me they died, I'd be suspicious. Then right. if they came back, it's like, well, they didn't really die. Maybe right. they were brain, you know. But if I watch your head get blown off, incinerated half ashes, not all ashes. Or chopped I, off yeah. like, like Sabretooth was. Yeah, Sabretooth exactly. head was clearly chopped off of his head. He was dead. Yeah. Well, he has a healing factor. No, 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 dude, dude, dude. <laughs> Once again. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Do we all know exactly what happened with that? Um, because I, he joked about the healing factor, but it's like, no, he didn't. Why didn't he have a healing factor? Because of the, the Muslim the movie. The Muramasa. Whatever. Because okay. the Muramasa blade contained um, part of Wolverine's soul, and it interacted with the healing factors and prevented it from happening. So when he chopped him up, he done. didn't heal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he was dead for a couple of years. And, until, they, and they just brought him back like yeah. last year. Yeah. So that brings me all to, and I'm glad that's a nice warm-up, guys. It brings me to the question for the panel this week. My question is, which hero that was killed in comics were you most excited about being resurrected? There's always, and now it's like there's, there's more than just a handful of heroes that that have died. I mean, half the Justice League has all died. Yeah, more. I think most of, well, as far I, as the major player goes, I think all of them have died. I think, I think even um, Barry Allen, Superman, Batman's died a few times. Yeah. Has Wonder Woman died? Yep, she Wonder died. In, where did she die? When's the first time she died? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller. Bueller. <laughs> she died in the same place that Flash died. Bueller. Wait, in, Bueller. Bueller. in um, in um, no, not um, the same physical place. Crisis. Oh. She died in Crisis. She was, she was devolved back into clay. Wow. I have to reread that. I don't remember seeing that. Yeah, she was devolved. Was it early on or later on? Yeah, it was somewhere in the towards. And the it was late. our Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh wow. And okay. then, and then of course, when they reset the whole thing, that to because then what they had was that Wonder Woman then didn't come into our world until modern, like whenever the comic was set in. Right. That's when she first shows up. So, but then they had the problem because remember, Crisis was supposed to explain stuff and fix stuff. Now they had to explain, but we all knew that Wonder Woman fought during World War II, and then they went, "Oh, um, yeah, well, because she didn't obey correctly, the gods punish Hippolyta and made her become her own daughter during that time. So Hippolyta fought as Wonder Woman during World War II. In other words, they they did a New Fifty Two before New Fifty Two came out." Mm-hmm. Wow, so, so, so the question I'm going to pose is which hero killed in comics um, were you most excited about being resurrected? I'll start. Um, Bullshit. <laughs> but, but you know what? It was hard for me. I, I threw out the question. I, I gave you guys the question to, to think about over the week. And I was like, okay, that's a good question. And I couldn't even figure it out myself because I was like, well, think about my favorite characters. Captain America, when he when he was assassinated, I knew he was coming back, so there was no sense of I of wanted him, I wanted him to come back, but there was no sense of like, oh, you know, he might not come back. Yeah, sure. He, he was probably like, you know, Captain America's gone. I can take his place now. Oh, I'm no. the real cap. Yeah, no, no. no well, no. they, they went halfway there though because Bucky became Captain Puerto Rico <laughs> with his new uniform. Oh, leave Bucky alone. But between Captain America dying and then when Cyclops died, you know, you would have thought I would have been so. When did he die? He died um, when Apocalypse had the eleven. Oh, I. That's oh, the, during oh, the, my twelve. Was it the twelve? The twelve, and that's during my non-reading years. I'm so happy I missed he, that. Um, Apocalypse had picked um, like twelve mutants that were like the most powerful, and the, I forgot what. I had so it was a religious thing. As it was twelve apostles, basically no, something like that. But but basically they were going to combine it into Cyclops, and, and Cyclops ended up dying. But they ended up bringing him back to life. Stupid. They were going to combine twelve different powers into him. Some some. Oh, they were going to go into Apocalypse. I think Cyclops jumped in front, and I can't remember. I just know they killed Cyclops off. They killed off Wolverine. 
I mean, when they did that. Well, they've been killing off Wolverine. No, no, no. But this and, was like, and I've already announced he'll be killed again. Yeah. <laughs> so once again, these are he'll all, be back in two weeks. These are all <laughs> heroes that I was like, okay, well, you know, they die, but they're gonna come back to life. This one isn't. It's a death, but not necessarily a death. So the person I'm leading up to, just to explain what it was, Robin. When Robin, when which when, Robin? Let me explain. When Robin Jason Todd died back in 1989 in um, issue Batman 429, uh, you know, Death in the Family, um, I mean, people were happy, but me as a, I must have been like, what, 10, 11 years old? Maybe no, more than that. Um, I was a little bit distraught because I watched Batman 19, the 1960s series and the, and the comic books, and I read the comic books for years. So to watch Robin die was traumatic for me. And it was like, wow, they killed off Robin? That's like... You know, getting rid of ham and eggs, or you know, like you know, it's, <laughs> you know, like like, like like certain things that shouldn't be messed with, like it's like killing off Minnie Mouse, you know, like it's like having a, a PB and J without the J, or the PB, um, <laughs> or the bread. <laughs> I say I couldn't feel I couldn't feel that that um, grip of sadness. Do you know why? Because you hated Jason Todd. Beyond that, do you know why? Why? Because I'm one of the people that called in for him to die. <laughs> so, wow. so, so I was not very sad at all that See, he died. Vengeful. He called in. Listen, if you guys don't kill this guy, no, no, no. I'm going to kill they, you. They put up the 800 number themselves. Yep. <laughs> they they gave the world the decision, and the world voted him to die, not come back. That's right. You know? So well, everybody well, gave him thumbs down. Well, I wasn't he, sad about they Jason. They say he lost by only a couple hundred points. I know he lost by a lot more than that. Um, I... I wasn't saying necessarily that Jason Todd died, but just the idea right, of, of, Robin. Of, of Robin and what Robin represented died. So I was very upset by that. So I was hoping that Robin would come back. I didn't realize that Robin came back so soon. Oh, yeah. They wasted no time. Yeah, because I, 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 I remember growing up and I felt like it was forever that Robin was gone. And then, so you figure what? Batman 429 is when um, Jason Todd died. Tim Drake first shows up in Batman 436. And, and oh, then I'll be- never ever have another Robin. Hey, you look cute. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, well, and to that point, here's why he, I like a, a puppy. He's like, hey, here, come here, boy. Here's why I liked when Robin came back. Tim Drake was a totally different Robin. I kind of like the fact that they once again they killed somebody and they moved on. Right. And you know, and not so fast. Maybe it could have been a year or two, but they moved on with somebody different taking on Robin. Tim Drake was a totally different Robin than the other two. And think about it: the Robin before Jason Todd. You know, he he left. He didn't die. Right. So to have Tim Drake with this, I don't know about the genius intellect, but, you know, the fact that he figured out that, you know, the Robins were who they were and he wanted to be help Batman out. He noticed Batman was psychologically distraught. Okay, I have issues with that. But the two things I liked was, number one, a Robin was returning and it wasn't an original Robin. And number two, they they altered the uniform for modern time. They gave him the black cape Mm -hmm. and they gave him pants. They gave Robin pants. Finally, he didn't look like he but was. Did like, they give him black cape with a yellow inside or something? With, like with the yellow trimming, yeah, with the yellow trimming. But I mean, was it yellow on the inside and black on the outside? It was black. No, no, it was black. You're right. Black on the outside, yellow on the inside, but they had the yellow trimming. No, I, only, I, I, was, I was just like, well, you went halfway there, but once he opens up that cape, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> but it was still cool because it, I thought it gave him more of a stealth look. Oh, no, you know, it, it, it wasn't the yellow freaking like here I am, I'm Robin. You know, the red was darker, right. the cape was darker, mm-hmm. and then you had pants, which I was right. like, okay, that's a more functional. Robin. Right. So when he came back, I was just happy because Batman and Robin is now returning, and now it's a Robin that we kind of liked. Kind of. Yeah. Well, people liked... Um, I, I never warmed up to Tim. I mean, it's not that I don't like Tim. I mean, I'll, I'll just... And just I'll have, um, you know, backhandedly just say, oh, I don't like him, but I just never warmed up to him because I really never read him that often. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not... 
I like Dick Grayson because everybody likes Dick Grayson. You cannot not like Dick Grayson. Um, you cannot you know, not like Dick Grayson. You, you really can't. It's a double negative. Says you can like Dick Grayson. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you can like out. Dick, right? You can like Dick. It's you okay. can like Dick. It's you okay. can embrace the Dick. Um, <laughs> Bell. Bell. There we go. But uh, you know, because I mean, it's just you. You. You just read him. I mean, it's not even about growing up reading him. It's just that that's always who Robin is. Robin is Dick Grayson. So you you have a soft spot. Plus, it was just his nature. I mean, he was just he loved being Robin. He hated being stuck with a dick all day long himself, <laughs> the moody Batman all the time. But I mean, he loved being Robin, not just because it was cool or whatever. He just he just loved it. He loved being you know. Think about it. He's former acrobats. I mean, that, their whole life is risking their lives and stuff right. like that. And so that he, he had such a good nature about doing the job, even though he was doing a serious job and, and he did it pretty well. So you liked him. But the Jason Todd character, you know, you know, one of the things that I hate about Jason Todd, and it's actually one of the things that I find really funny that I guarantee you people don't remember. And this is a minor thing, but it's still important enough. Like when Jason Todd, like when you saw him come back, you know, and he's got like what the black hair, he had some gray yeah. hair, right? Okay. What is wrong with that description right there? Think about it. He has dark hair with some gray in it. He wouldn't have aged. He, he was a little kid. Not even that. What does Jason Todd look like? See, you Oh, Raz al Ghul. No. No. Jason Todd, which made sense, and I did like this in the character, but I also hated it, is a blonde-haired boy that oh, dyed right. his, his hair, hair black right. to show up as Robin. Oh, that's right. He shows that's up because right. Batman, right. Batman had not given him permission to be Robin. Batman was on a mission. He shows up to make sure that um, Batman was okay, because Batman's like, what the hell are you wearing? And he was just like, it's me, Jason. I dyed my hair black, and I found a spare Robin costume. So for him to show up, and he's always got black hair, it's like, he's a blonde. And if he dyed his hair black, he wouldn't have gray hair either. But also that, but also, <laughs> but also that was Clayface acting as... Well, I mean, this is even him now. I mean, like, you know, with him returned, you know. Really? He had a, he has a gray in his... In now. Well, not in New 52. This yeah. was in the... Pre New Fifty Two. Oh, okay. Pre fucked up universe. Yeah, not, not the but now it was just one universe. of those funny things that. But it was. But it's a minor thing. But that, as much as I enjoyed the fact that it wasn't like oh, I just happened to find a dark haired boy. Right. It was. It, so I thought it was clever that they were like, well, he dyed his hair. But at the same time, that annoyed me. Right. Because like now you truly are a poser. <laughs> <laughs> now you are a wannabe. Yeah. You know. But but I mean, I, I, but just to go back to my point, I just I couldn't wait for Robin to come back. So I always felt like. Batman without Robin just didn't feel right. Like even if I read comic books and it was Batman and Sup they had like a lot of Batman and Superboys in the late seventies and early eighties. They had those team ups and Batman I was like, Batman and Superboy. There, there's a, there's a, um, a Brave and the Bold and it's Batman and they have a couple of issues with really? Batman and Superboy. Oh. And um, he does like him young. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but so wait a minute, Clark, you're telling me that with this machine I can go see you at a younger age? Oh, <laughs> sign me up. Oh, God. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> We're playing the kaleidoscope of bells. Nice. <laughs> Alfred, <laughs> pack my pair of bat chaps. Oh, God. <laughs> Sounds like a cer certain friend I know. <laughs> I'll leave that out of there. But yeah, long and short. That's I mean that that's the the hero that I kind of waited. Where all the other heroes, I knew they were coming back. I wasn't sure that Robin was going to come back, and the fact that he came back as a different person, I really appreciated. It was refreshing, and the fact that a, a Robin that we all liked, or we could be more, we could more, we could accept more, came back. I kind of dug that. So that's so what where you're going though. Along is that you're not so much happy that a person came back, just a particular sidekick came back. I'm just right. trying to clear. I'm right, like yeah, like, like like the idea of Robin. Right, and, and but also the fact that it wasn't another Jason Cod, whi a whiny fucking right. prick. 
Mm-hmm. It was, you know, uh, somebody that, you know, so, the, so the idea of a likable Robin and Robin himself. Right. Yeah. Good. All right. So, so, so I took a, a, a slight twist on the question I asked. Okay. All right. So, Ralph, who is the hero that died and you felt like, oh, my God, I can't wait for them to come back? Uh, I would have to say. You don't have to say it. All right. I'll just think it. Ooh. I am Groot. Wait, <laughs> 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 okay, um, how Jordan was Green Lantern? Cool. Okay, because the so way- which death are we talking about? His death in the comics or the death of that movie? <laughs> wow, in the comics because he he died pretty nobly. Well, I think so because you mean after destroying you mean things? you mean after yeah. the, you mean after <laughs> snatching all the rings from the guardians and then trying to and then then killing a bunch of people and then destroying I mean, the power battery, sinking an entire city. And, and then, then snuffing out the sun. And then <laughs> sacrificing himself because he snuffed out the sun and restarted it. Gee, you caused the problem and resolved it. What a hero. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess the cop that goes... Seemed pretty noble to me. I guess the cop that goes and robs a jewelry store and then later confesses to the crime would be also a hero. <laughs> <laughs> I so, guess he would. So, so explain why, why, for Hal, why was it Hal Jordan for you. Well, because, you know, you see this guy who was possessed by Parallax, you know, and he's... he's Doing these crazy things, you know, killing people that he, you know, calls friends and he loves and destroying, causing so much destruction where people actually look up to him, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you see him fight the control of Parallax and, like, you know, actually sacrifice himself to um, restart the sun. And you like, and then when you really think about it, he didn't really die because, you know, he becomes um, with the Spectre, mm-hmm. right? But it's like it's still a, a noble death because you know you're sacrificing your, right. yourself to restart the sun and make sure that the earth is protected and whatnot. And just just seeing that, I was pretty young when I read that story. I'm like, it's like wow, this guy's like, you know, it just shows you how like um, even if you do bad things, you can still sort of in a way redeem yourself. Okay, mm-hmm. I agree with that. You know, right? I, I, I'm more curious about this though now because did you read that comic book, the original comic book? Because in the original comic book. There was no parallax demon that was inside. I was of about him. to say he wasn't actually possessed. They, by they, they basically originally. made they, they retconned that into his oh, story now. Okay. Yeah, because, that, you might have read they, the rehash version. Yeah, yeah. Right. because, what, because what they did was it would just be like it's why Jean Grey can't be the phoenix because you can't excuse that someone just killed you know six billion lives right. and then go oh she's a hero now like so the same thing with um, how Jordan because he killed all those people on coast was it Coast City Coast City you know so they couldn't just go oh he's back and let's just forget about that it's like oh he was possessed. Right. Ta-da! So, so I'm wondering if you read the original comic book. No, I read if you, if you the rehash, felt that way. The rehash, no, I'm saying if you would have read the original, if you would have felt the same way you do now. Probably, because then it would be a, a better redemption story. Because then it would be like, you know, first he turns bad, and it's like, you know, fuck all this shit, you know. Then you're like, okay, so even though he's done all that bad shit, he still, in the end, does the right thing and prevents himself from causing much more harm. But let me ask you this question, and this is actually something that maybe, you know, we'll d- dig into deeper, you know, at another uh, podcast. But for you, and again, this is not any judgment, I'm just kind of curious. Um, let's just say he, you know, in the original story where he was not possessed by Parallax, this was him going off. And let's just say for the sake, I mean, I don't know how many people live in Coast City, but let's just say it's a million just for the sake of a nice round number. If he had killed a million people, and I'm fine, he does eventually realize, oh, shit's gone down, and, you know, that was a mistake. I, you know, let me restart the sun and save thing. Do you still find a man that's killed a million people a hero later, even after sacrificing himself for the sun? I'm just kind of curious. He may have killed a million people, but he saved a billion more. So the lives of a million versus... Yes. So you would still find him, like, you would still be able to get behind him as a hero? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. I, wow. I think the idea of... I think, <laughs> I, I, I just, I mean, seriously, I mean, like, if somebody showed up that I know just killed a million people and then was like, I had a bad day, I'm good now, <laughs> there is no way in hell yeah, you're, you're, yeah. Sleep, you're sleeping on my sofa. Hold What's on. a million people between friends? Come on. <laughs> but, what, but what happens if you killed a million people, shows up, and saves your life, and says, I changed I'd be like, great, and um, you're still not sleeping on my sofa. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You know, Why is it got to be sleeping on your sofa? Why can't he just ask you for coffee? Like, yo, Mike, <laughs> Michael, you like, ain't getting any coffee. <laughs> nah, Michael, be like, you're not sleeping on the sofa. You can sleep on the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Superman. Never mind. It's gonna crack my neck. <laughs> yeah, Superman. You don't pretty much are you. No, I'm just, I'm just curious about that because I mean, I very much am like that. I'm like, I'm. There's redemption, but then there's there's only redemption. But so much, you know, like I said, when they do the possession thing, that's the cheap out. But if you're not possessed and you've gone on a mass murdering spree, it would just be let's you know take it down a number. I mean, like let's just say it's your you know you both are brothers. Your brothers go out like on a, a shit ass killing spree at a, at a kindergarten. <laughs> Kill thirty Ouch. kids. Wow, I, 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 that's, I'm going there Holy intentionally. Shit. No, I'm, just, I'm going there intentionally. You Star Wars. You know, they they killed thirty kids. Killing okay, the younglings. So they get out for whatever reason, for good behavior, 10 years later from prison. Are you like, hey, you're great. You're still my bro. I mean, like, you know, I, there's only, you know, well, I found God in prison. Okay. <laughs> well, hopefully hope, he's hope, got a place for you to stay. Hope, <laughs> hope, hope you found their souls and you talk to them also. But, Damn, but, that's so But my point, up. though, is, so is, 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 is no, Right, but I mean, but the interesting is my whole point is why I made that such a dramatic statement because, I mean, really, I mean, if you killed all of Coast City, you also killed a bunch of kids. Um, is that it's interesting that all the hesitation I received from that example, and that's your family members. Yeah. But you're willing to trust the guy that you don't know that just killed a million people to be a hero later. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, that, that's why I'm, I'm curious to know, like, you know, if Ralph would have read the original version before they went to the Parallax. Because I remember I loved Hal Jordan too. And when he became Parallax, it just became about him being angry about his city being destroyed. The Guardians say, you can't rebuild it. You need to leave things as it is. Life happens for a reason. And he was like, fuck you. And he went and he fucking recreated. Fuck um, you. Thank you. <laughs> and, and, wow, it sounded just like it too. And, and he ended up recreating Coast City, which is why the Guardians are like, what the fuck is he doing? Oh, and on top of that, he killed Sinestro. Yeah. You know, so, so the Guardians are like, let's go after him. If you would have read that version without the whole Parallax virus, if you would have seen it different. Not, not, and not taking anything away from your point, just... You know, wondering if, if that would have been different as opposed to reading the rehash version. I probably still think the same way. Okay, cool. All right. But, you know, I have to admit that, like, probably when he went off and killed that whole city, you know all the black people in America were like, we knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't been that friendly to all of us colored folks. <laughs> we, we support the, the other Green Lantern. The one who looks like us. <laughs> and doesn't wear a mask. Yeah, Panther Pride. <laughs> <laughs> what were we going to say, Ralph? No, it's the other one that talks with, uh, what was it? He talked, uh, in the comics, they made him talk differently. They made him seem like way out of the way, like black. Oh, yeah, that's, um, you're talking about John Stewart. Uh, John Stewart, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they made him talk like crazy. Oh, like, but he was, he was jiving. Yeah. He had all the jive going on. Saw uh, the, the 70s, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Mike. What's, what's yours, Mike? Yeah, Mike, which, which is, what's your hero that died and you were like, I can't wait for this person to be resurrected? Oh, it's 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 one of the, the the tried and true heroes of the Marvel universe. Here we go. He's gonna pick an obscure one. Here we go. Nope, nothing obscure at all. Is it's it Moon Knight? Knows. Is it Moon Knight? It's Hawkeye. <laughs> God no! <laughs> I oh. made Mike chuckle. Give me a fucking bell for that. Just for doing that. Thank uh, you. Okay. Hell no. Uh, the person that I was I was saddened and then happy that they brought back is all is called May 
Riley Parker Jameson, otherwise known as May Riley Parker, aka Aunt May. Yes, her name is May Riley Parker. Yeah, May Riley. She, uh, she married Parker, so it's May Riley Parker, and then she married James James Jonas James's father. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and in in the in the sensation and sensational and um superior Spider-Man? superior and even even an amazing. She she like yeah, she's she married been with him him. amazing. I think she that. married an amazing, but she's been with him all throughout. Right. It's the Cobra Commander shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> I, I was making fun of earlier. Now he can't stop saying the S's. Um, but okay, so now you had Aunt May. She first appeared along with Peter Parker in Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. Okay, so that was in 1962, and she made it. She made a good run. I mean, think about it. she put up with his superhero nerdiness. You know, his crying, his mooching, his lateness, know, his odd sticky messes on the bedroom ceiling, which she had to be asking all about. There, you know, um, and she did all this for 33 years. Eventually, the powers that be decided this bitch needs a dirt nap. <laughs> you know. So, um, in Amazing Spider-Man number 391, Peter's parents were brought back, and then they were revealed to be LMDs. Uh, the shock of this discovery sent May into a coma for about eight issues. Uh, by issue 400, she woke from the coma. She was even more frail than before. And she told Peter, who had been by her bedside that entire time, that she knew for years that he was Spider-Man and that, you know, she loves him and that she's, you know... Not angry that he hid this from her. You know, honestly, it's like, how could you not know that he's Spider-Man? Right, pretty much. Um, and then Aunt May passed away silently, uh, you know, while he was there at her side in, in, in uh, number 400. And he was, she was buried next to Peter Parker. Be- next to Peter Parker? I mean, Ben Parker. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Spoilers. He was in her will. <laughs> if I die before Peter, he must be buried with me. <laughs> uh, but Wait. There's more. Of course there's more. Oh, my God. Yeah. Now, although there was no huge public outcry over the death of Aunt May, uh, the Marvel sales were circling the drain. So the powers that be again waved their hands and they decided to return May to the funny pages. But how did they do this? Do we know how? It was so wonderful. It turns out. Norman Osborn? That's part of the reason. I had a feeling. But it turns out, this is just between you, me, and all the people out there, that the May that died was a genetically altered actress that was assigned to play May Parker. The real Aunt May was held all this time by Norman Osborn as, as the Green Goblin at this point. Um, after the stunt May died, Osborn returned Aunt May to Peter, but she had a device inside her that would detonate gene bombs throughout the world, decimating the human race. So they enlisted Mr. Fantastic's help to undo the device, and then May was returned with no memory of any of her time with the Green Goblin. Wait, wow. gene bombs? So a like, gene bomb. Like jeans, like pants that you wear? Not no, de- not no, a no, denim no, bomb. No, it killed everyone named Gene. So Gene Gray was going to die right away. Okay. No, it killed anybody who wore stonewashed pants with um, denim shirts. Or any acid wash pants. Oh, God. Uh, so, you know, so, but, you know, but that's, uh, that, that, was, that was her whole gone and come back. Um, so why do I love Aunt May? Why do I love it? Besides, yeah, you mentioned her a lot. I, mean, I love Aunt May. It's, it's, probably, it's, it's an Angela Lansbury thing. Oh, it's just, come on. Besides being everyone's like idealized version of like the perfect aunt slash grandma. Here's a list for you. May has, this is what Aunt May has gone through in her tenure. She's lost her true love to a mugger. She's dated and nearly married Dr. Octopus. She suffered a heart attack and fell in love with the guy named Nathan Lubensky at a, a convalescence home, but then eventually lost him during an attack by the vulture. She was later begged for forgiveness by the vulture for this death, but she didn't even give him that forgiveness, saying that only God could absolve him. Okay, she's been kidnapped. I'm sorry. She was kidnapped and had her death faked the first time by Mysterio. Right. She became a herald of Galactus while babysitting Franklin Richards. 
You've talked about okay. that before. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know how the Silver Surfer is coded in silver? She was coded in gold. What was her code name? Golden Oldie. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, and, and by the way, because, you know, he was hungry at the time. So, by the way, she helps ease Galactus' hunger with a whole boatload of Twinkies. I'm not, this is no lie. Uh, then goes into space and finds a sector of moist, light sponge cake planets that were created by a celestially large Pillsbury Doughboy. <laughs> Tell me this is a what if comic. It's no, ad. It's no, ad. it's not. It's not. It's Marvel Team Up number one thirty seven came out January nineteen eighty four. I even own it. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Yeah, it's an actual episode. <laughs> uh, she was kidnapped again by Green Goblin's minions and buried alive, with only oxygen tanks and IV units keeping her alive. She's she was targeted by the chameleon, but managed to outwit him by feeding him ambient laced oatmeal raisin cookies. <laughs> Okay, got it. she gets gut shot by a bullet meant for Spider-Man, died, but then was revived thanks to Mephisto's weird deal with Peter yeah. and Mary Jane. She was turned into Aunt Bitch May by Mr. <laughs> Negative's touch when she hated everybody. Oh, yeah. She marries J. Jonah Jameson's father. Her leg is broken, but eventually repaired by Superior Spider-Man. And then she finally leaves Queens and moves to Boston to escape all the madness and then was captured by Blackout and tortured. And she's still alive. There is no one that you can bring up that has done all this shit. And she's a normal old woman. Definitely true. Definitely true. <laughs> that I, is why I love her. All that, she is definitely not normal. <laughs> that is why I love Aunt May. She has been through shit. She's been through more shit than most of the heroes out there. I'm surprised she hasn't go, okay, Peter, you know what? The gig is up. I know you're fucking Spider-Man. Leave me out of your shit. <laughs> I you know. You know, she'd be like, you know what, Peter? Listen, uh, you're a grown man. You're going to move out of my fucking house right now. Actually, she should have <laughs> just been like, after, after the third burial and kidnapping, she's just been like, on public, I am publicly disowning Peter Parker as my nephew and adopted son. Yeah. So all of you villains, just fuck off and leave me alone. <laughs> just leave me alone so I can make some oatmeal cookies. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is that I remember Aunt May being so fair for so long. Yeah. And I'm so glad that they've kind of given her a facelift of some sort and kind of a, a life yeah. lift. Yeah. Like they make her a lot more. Younger, like they make her like more like seventy instead of like ninety. Well, I was about to say, yeah. See, before she was definitely in her well eighties. It seemed like you know, but yeah, now she's like she's like a nice sixty-five. Well, she's probably older than she's retired, but definitely a nice seventy. But a seventy that's had a decent life, not a seventy that like just sat on the sofa all day. You know, like an Asian seventy. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> and now we apologize to all the Asians that listen to us. I am so sorry. And Sean, <laughs> all, Sean, all the old Sean I'll apologize to your boyfriend. <laughs> so I already know he's going to be like, wow, what did he say? <laughs> Holy man. We, we got to apologize to more Asians. <laughs> but all jokes aside, yeah, um, I, I, I like the fact that they made her. And even in the movies, like they well, chose. Well, the Aunt May that's in the Ultimate Universe is probably like what, only in her late 40s, I think. 50s, I would say. Yeah. I mean, because she's great. Because she's great. Well, she's she's full gray. on. She's full on great. So yeah, she's but 50. I mean, that could happen at any age. But I mean, yeah, I mean, she could. But be you know, like, she's not retired. She's still able right. to move around and yeah. stuff. Oh yeah, she's well, she's highly mobile. She's got a job. Don't forget. Yeah, I mean, she's working hard. One of the better Aunt May moments I remember was in. Um, yeah, I know you're gonna love this. J. Michael Straczynski's run of Spider Man okay. when she's when she actually told Peter, "Hey, look, I do know you're Spider Man," and they, I, I might have mentioned this story before. And they're going through. Um, they're going through, um, not customs, but they're going through the conveyor belt at the, at the airport. Mm-hmm. And Spider, Spider-Man's um, web shooters are in a box. So the guys are like, it, it's Mary Jane. Oh, you've told this story before. Uh, on, on, on podcast? No, no, no. But yeah, you know, the, so so they find the box and the police officers are like, the, uh, the TSA agents are like, 
excuse me, what is this? What are these mechanisms? And Peter's trying to find a way to explain it. And it's just, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're for my, they're, they're for me. So you strap on your legs, and then they're like, no, no, don't explain here. Just take it, just take it. <laughs> and then she kind of gave Peter a wink, and I'm like, oh, my God, I am so mortified, but that was so cool. <laughs> so I got, okay, Aunt May, definitely a cool character. Aunt May's the woman. Man. All right. Real quick, does anybody have any honorable mentions? Like people that, you know, that didn't quite make the number one on your list, but somebody you're like, yeah, I'm, I definitely, when they died, I wanted them to come back really, really bad. No. In all honesty, I mean, like, I mean, there's people that, I mean, I can talk about their resurrections, but I'm very comfortable with heroes dying. I mean, and, and hopefully staying dead. There's no one I want back, really. You know, as much as I mean, like I said, I had to pick somebody, May would be the only it because. You know, I just love Aunt May, but I mean, no. Well, I mean, I mean, I'll say, I mean, Superman's on my honorable mention. I could have cared less if you ever came back. Seriously, I'm like, I, I, I mean, I'm not being mean. It's just if you're going to look, if you're going to be dumb enough to tell me you're killing your mainstay character, well, then that's just on but, you. But, but also, they, they, <laughs> you know? they went a long time before they even res. I mean, not a long time, but they went a while without resurrecting him, or at least a long time for the '90s. Well, like, well let's just put it this way. Let's just say they were being honest. Suppose they never resurrected him. Would DC sales be gone? No. I mean, you know, they may not be quite the same because, I mean, Superman is a very big business of theirs, but they could always have books about his stories before his death that right. we never got. You know what I mean? So that could have been their out for still having Superman stories. But in all honesty, like, what would I have lost if Superman had stayed dead? I mean, I'm trying to think of it because I'm not a huge Superman fan. What interesting storyline would I have missed if he had stayed dead? Let's say. Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, it's a tough thought, isn't it? That's, what I, well, that's my whole point. Well, you, that's a head scratch. But, but you don't even know how I feel about Superman. I feel right. like nobody can really write him very well. He's right. not a very interesting but character. That, but that's, that's, my whole, that's my whole point. I'm like, if he had stayed dead, and, and that's the thing, like Captain America. I mean, I loved his run by Brubaker, but if Bucky had stayed Captain America, I would have been fine. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't have been thrilled, but I, I would have been like, okay, yeah, change of shit. <laughs> you know? I'll give you one, Optimus Prime. Optimus Prime. Oh, I, I thought that was going to be your man after they after that whole died at the end of a video game. Shit, <laughs> See, he did. Did you not know this? He and the killer is he didn't lose the video game. He won, but because he killed some innocents in a video game, he was like, "Oh, well, that's not my code." So push the button that'll self destruct me. I'm not <laughs> well, lying. That's the truth. <laughs> well, I'm talking about in the in the comic book. In is the this the com- comic book? What in the comic book? He and Megatron. We're battling it out. And this kid, some boy, whoever it was, was just like, hey, look, I've got a way for you guys to decide this battle of whatever it is that they wanted that no one has to die. I've written a video game. I can download you both into it. I have these, you know, and then Megatron was like, well, okay, the only way we'll do this is, you know, whoever wins, you know, is the winner and gets whatever object it was. But the loser, meaning both people had to have a ton of explosives put into their bodies. And the boy had a detonator for each. And like the right one was for Optimus and the left one was for Megatron. Whoever is a loser, he has to push the button and blow him up. Lo and behold, all this, this, that, and the other thing tricks out. And again, it's a video game. These are not real lives linked or anything like that. During some of the battle, um, Optimus Prime killed some video game civilians and uh, in taking out Megatron. So when he comes to, he's just, you know, Megatron's like, holy shit, I'm about to get blown up. And Optimus is like, no, it's t-. he goes, like, it's time for you to press the button. Press my button. And the guy's like, you won. He goes, but I killed some innocent civilians in the game, and that's not my code. And so he made him push the button, and he blew up. Wow. I got, I'm going to have to see which, which one. I wonder if that's Generation 1, because there's so many generations of Transformers. 
you know, I'm talking about like the original Gen, Gen 1, right. but there's so many different, there's Beast Wars and all these other things, but anytime Prime has died in the movie, in the cartoon, in the comic book, I've always been like so upset, like he's like the ultimate leader. He's John Wayne mixed with, um, I'm sure who they mixed him with, but they purposely went for a certain feel for that character. So. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's who I would have put definitely oh, on there. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering how he got back, it turned out that the boy had, without knowing, uh, without Optimus knowing, he downloaded him. He downloaded the entire consciousness of Optimus Prime. You ready? On a five by seven floppy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing. It, a, a, a gif on the internet is pretty much a tenth of all of Optimus Prime's personality. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And they found, oh, by, by, by this point, though, the boy didn't tell him that he'd done that, so they had already launched his destroyed body into space. So they had to go into space, get his pieces. They put it together on another planet, got someone to work that up. They reloaded his consciousness into it, put some fuel into him, and the fuel was also deadly, so he had to die again. And then they had to bring him back again. <laughs> and there you have it a discussion about resurrection and comic books and how which characters should die and come back and which characters should stay dead and that's why we celebrate Easter because of the eggs Geeks on the go I was tempted to do a Cobra Commander voice yes Geeks on the go what the fuck? everyone sounded, turned off their mics <laughs> that sounded like a uh, uh, a, a Harry Osborne goblin. With Obviously, like you've sword never drum. seen Cobra Commander. <laughs> and I don't want to. <laughs> you know the drill. I give quick questions. What was that, Columbo? <laughs> <laughs> they give quick answers on all things geek and they don't bust my fucking chops. And we never make it under a minute. But something tells me we're going to make it under a minute today. I doubt that. <laughs> I, w- I bet you. Let's see. All right. I, I'm already got. I already winning the bet on what time we're finishing. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. So we're ready, guys. Ready. All right. Ready. Set. Time to go. All right. Which three heroes? And we'll do them one at a time. Do you think should remain dead? And I want you to give me a word to describe why for each. Mike. Damian Wayne. Lame. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be a theme. Ralph. Green Arrow. Weiner. What the fuck? <laughs> Mike. Jean Grey. Boring. <laughs> Ralph. Cyclops. Cry baby. Oh, wow. You're really trying to fuck with me now. <laughs> Mike. Jason Todd. There is no one word. Voted dead in 1988 by the readers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should, the, word, the one word should be personal. <laughs> Ralph. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I got that one. Okay, you're past. All right, cool. All right. Second question. Which hero do you think deserves to have another movie made? Flash Gordon, The Punisher, or Tarzan? Mike. Uh, The Punisher, but if The Shadow was on the list, he would have been my number one. Oh, The Shadow. I should have thought about that I one. I love The Shadow. Good. That was a good movie, too. Yeah. And Ralph. Tarzan, because, you know, he seems like the coolest out of the three in that list. Have you ever seen Greystone? Was it Greystone or... Grayson, the Legend of Tarzan? The one with Bo Derek? Yeah. Mm. Yes, I've seen it. Wow. <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever seen it? It doesn't ring a bell. No, well, it was done in the 80s, so, you know, you have to, like, look it up. Well, okay, I'm sorry. I, Ralph didn't sound like he wanted to see it, so I'm going to help him now want to see it. It has Bo Derek in it. At one point, she is completely nude on all fours, being hand-washed by the natives, sudsed up, but you see her boobs, and she's screaming, Daddy, they're washing me like a horse. No lie. 
That's the line. All right, I'm watching. I told you. <laughs> it's what I remember about the movie of why I think it's such a stupid ass movie. Ne- ne- next next podcast, you should open up with, with, when you know you do you do your movie line. That's what you should do, Daddy. They're watching me like a horse. <laughs> it's um, a bad one, man. Yeah, uh, I, I was just to add, just to add, um, the three heroes I think should remain dead: Hawkeye because he's an archer, mm-hmm. Green Arrow because he's an archer. Yep. And Deadpool. Oh, wait, he's not dead? No, he should be dead. <laughs> All right. I thought you were a Deadpool fan. I like Deadpool when he doesn't talk as much, which they fucking don't know how to do. Oh, okay. You know, like, like sparingly, like Spider-Man. Spider-Man, doesn't, he talks all the time, but not... Uh. Well, I mean, of the last... Before the uh, Superior Spider-Man, he was just chatty Cathy. Yeah. Spider-Man. I mean, it was just getting to the point. It's like, dude, I don't even understand when you have time to fight. Which we're, hopefully we're going to talk about next week—the ending of Superior Spider-Man and the return of the Amazing Spider-Man. And I know Mike's a little bit disappointed in that, but the <sighs> mistake is leaving somebody that cares. So, <laughs> so on behalf of my boys, MFG, Mike the Finance Guy, and RT Square, we're off the tech. This is the Cap saying, "Keep it geeky." And spring is here. Look for those eggs. What's up with me and eggs? <laughs>